Hello and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have John Woo Kim, also known as Michael Lur. Can't wait to talk to him. He's been in a lot of films that we love. And I can't wait to talk to him about one particular film, Extraction. But that'll be at the end. How are all of you guys doing? Hey, you know how I hate to... You know, I'm going to continue to say this, but carbon date, this show. But, you know, it's been... uh, We're in lockdown. Give us a call. 515-602-9609. How are you guys doing? Are you watching those movies? Are you reading those books? Now, like I said earlier, we're going to be talking to Michael Lur about Extraction, which is a film that he worked on. But if there's a movie right now that I can recommend for you to watch, and, and Mike, don't mention Extraction when we get back when we get on on the radio because we don't, I don't want to talk about it yet because <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies right now. But it is an amazing film. It reminds me a lot of Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. It's really an amazing film. Um, All the acting is superb. The the action is superb. Um, Joe Joe Russo and Anthony Russo really have outdone themselves as far as uh, a film that's not based on the superhero genre. Directed by Sam Hargrave, who did all the, well, a lot of the, and we talked about him earlier, in a couple episodes earlier, about how he did all the uh, stunt coordination for a lot of the Marvel films. Can't wait to talk to Mike about that. You know, he's on the line. Let's, 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 let's get straight to it, don't you think? Let's give him a little uh, clap track here. Get him on the radio. Mr. Michael Lur. Hey, how's it going? I doing, sir. <laughs> doing all right, doing all right. How are you, brother? <laughs> good, good, good. Also known as John Woo Kim, huh? Uh, I guess so, yeah, yeah. Um not really known uh, as it is much. It's, 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 that's like a trivia blur on my IMDb or something that I think I may have put up there <laughs> ages ago. You uh, did. And that's in sort of the Western format. It would be uh, technically be Kim Jong-woo. That's sort of a little weird right. that I have to uh, right. my, my dual origin, I suppose. But that would be my Korean well, birth name. <laughs> well, it's interesting that, you know, that if you're Korean, you're either a Kim or you're a Lee. So it, it's, yeah, it's you got a few parts and ons in there as well. Yeah, very popular. Very popular. Before we get started, how are you and your family doing right now during the uh, lockdown? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, well, I, I'm personally doing really good. I know my my folks. We live out in uh, Virginia at the moment, and they're doing pretty pretty uh, nice themselves. Um, everyone's just staying at home, doing what they doing what they can do, and. Uh, I know my nice. pops is, is still working. He works with the government. And then uh, 
I'm uh, I'm mostly just hanging out doing old projects, run hiatus from something that we were shooting before, right. before this whole thing went down. So. Well, I see, I see you're involved in a lot of like really huge projects right now. You, you still have family in Korea. I, I mean, I, I'm assuming. You know, it's it's funny. Um, uh, people who who know me really closely actually know that uh, I'm adopted. So uh, both my parents, oh. like my biological parents, I don't even know them technically. Uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'd hope they're alive <laughs> back in Korea, but yeah, no, my um, my folks are uh, um, to. Uh, to Caucasian people from the uh, the Midwest, uh, they're Illinois. That's born. incredible. And, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I know <laughs> so many. I know so many Korean-born. Like, I've been teaching martial arts for over thirty years, so I know so many Korean-born uh, by by Guaylo or Gaijin or or by um, you know American families <laughs> and what have you. <laughs> but I also yeah. know a lot of I know a lot of Chinese that have also adopted a lot of Koreans as well, which is which is always blew me away. Yeah, I, you know, it's I I feel like, uh, and this is just me spitballing. I could be completely wrong about this, but I feel like you know, of course, you have the the schism between the north and the south of that country, you know, right. of uh, Korea, and I, I think that you know, especially yeah, coming out of the Korean War, probably you know had a lot of people right. that needed to uh, needed to have children adopted, and I feel like that sort of became a trend there. I'm, I'm not too familiar with it outside of my own circumstances, but right, you know, it sounds like uh, something that would be happening. Well, you know, what is it about your circumstances that, that propelled you the way you did? Is your family really like forthgoing and really strong and, and really uh, powerful in the way that they, they motivate themselves? My, you know, my family's pretty laid back. You know, you know, I'm an only child, only adopted child. And my my okay. dad is a military guy, so he was, you know, constantly at work. Oh, so you're um, a military you know, brat. Store straightforward. Yeah, and my dad was in the Air Force. He retired uh, um, as a senior master sergeant in the United States Air Force. And, uh, Wonderful. Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing but respect for the military. You know, I've always absolutely. Uh, if I hadn't gone into the field that I that I went to, I wanted to follow in his footsteps. Honestly, <laughs> trying to do him proud. Hopefully, yeah. he's proud of me now. But <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty positive he's proud of you. You know, <laughs> you uh, know, being in the yeah yeah being it, go ahead, go, please continue. Oh, no, no, he's, he's a good guy. We, uh, I'll, I'll probably call him uh, just after this <laughs> in a few hours or so just to check in and see how they're doing. <laughs> so so what made you in your life want to get into, first of all, acting and then stunt performing? Oh, it's so funny. So, yeah, originally um, originally I had, I had sort of started as an actor um, when I was pretty young, uh, like yeah. in middle school. And the, the inspiration for that really came from, you know, it's, I think when we're all kids, we all do make-believe and, you know, play. We're only, like, running around jumping off things and, you know, building guns and swords and stuff out of st- sticks and what have you. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, most people would kind of grow out of it. But when I, when I was in my, uh, my middle school years, like 12 years old, um, we had just been transferred to a military base out in, in Ohio. And right. uh, while I was there, I met a couple of other, you know, Air Force, you know, brats and stuff. You know, we were stuck on base housing. One of my really, really good friends, a guy named uh, Lee Lewicki, his, uh, um, you know, he was, I guess he was a half, yeah, he was like half white, half Korean. Oh, Hapa, huh? uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we ended up being pretty close buddies. We were both nerds, both video game nerds and stuff. We sat around just, you know, being dorky together. But he was in the community theater. And I had never really gone to see a play at a, a theater. I knew people did this. I didn't know that kids really did it. You know, I was just sort of hmm. generally aware of acting as a, a concept that happens in the movies and TV, you know, take place. But, you know, I, he invited me out to go see a play of his um, at this little place called the Actors Theater of Fairborn, 
uh, right there in Ohio, and he he played the the son of you know like a, a failed TV star, and the it was all about <laughs> like child welfare and you know him being taken <laughs> away from his dad that he cared about, and it was it was wild because like you know it, he he, looked, he was a hot, but he looked nothing like the other actor on the stage. I knew his right. dad, I knew they were really related. You know, we're sitting in a little theater with a bunch of people. It's the fakest thing in the world because you know right. we all obviously agreed to come in here and buying tickets. And yet at right. the end of it, his performance was so good. You know, it's like I, I, the script is really cool. It's a play called A Thousand Clowns. It's heartbreaking. And I was, wow. you know, a, a young boy trying to make sure that no one ever saw me cry. I cried so much in that little <laughs> theater. Everyone was coming around looking at me like, what's wrong with this child? I'm like, oh, right. my God, it's so good. And uh, I asked him, how, wow. how do you get that kind of power, that ability to make us feel those things like when I know it's not real? He's like, I don't know. That's why I do it. And I, you know, I was like, I have to be a part of that. You know, and then I, I sort of stumbled across, you know, drama club in high school and had a few other big revelation moments, you know, that continued to, uh, you know, I, I enrolled into a, a theater program for college and um, throughout all that, you know, sort of learning, it's just steps and steps and steps. And you sort of realize that, you know, I mean, you're a martial artist yourself. So, you know, that once you reach one level, you realize, you know, nothing. <laughs> and right. That's right. So incredible to you. And you just have to strive for it. And you know, that when you get there, you're going to have the same revelation and, you know, it was one of the, the, the few crafts that I, I really latched onto, you know, especially as like a, like a little introverted shy kid that, you know, you felt like this is something you can chase perfection forever, you know, doing right. and, and never get there and be okay with that. You know, that it's right. okay that some things are just, they got a little bit of like scratches in the diamond, but it's, it's going to be amazing just to, to even try to do it, you know? So you're, you're not, you're not an LA native. So you're from Ohio. It's weird. I'm, I'm, yeah, I went to middle school, high school, and college in uh, Ohio. I sort of started my acting career there. But, I, you know, we were, we were stationed in Southern California um, prior to that. So I, I always tell hmm. people that I, I have sort of like two hometowns, you know, like two home, home right. states really. And, you know, I, I was uh, in California basically until I was 12 years old. We moved out to Ohio. You know, got a lot of the Midwest life growing up, you know, maturing then. And when I came back to L.A., you know, at the age of 23, I was, it was very much like a, a homecoming for me. Um, you know, and so right. so I, I do have a lot of that dual, I almost sort of like dual citizenship. Like I, I really love the way of life in the Midwest, but I love the way of life out here. And, you know, I, I, I missed Southern California greatly when I was in the Midwest. And now that I'm out here, there's, there's a lot of things about the Midwest that I, I do sorely miss right. as well. That must have made you really popular as, as, as a young man in high school and what have you as being, you know, from that's technically from California, but also being a little different than everybody else. I would love to say that was the case. I was vastly unpopular. <laughs> Not at all with cool kids. You know, I, I, I mostly stuck to myself. A, a good degree of that, I would be lying if I said that uh, um, being a minority in, in, in a very, uh, um, I guess, like a very homogenous place uh, right. a factor into it. You know, that, that was, was it more like, was it more like Footloose? <laughs> was it more like Footloose where it's like you're the dancer and nobody else wants you to dance? Yeah, I would, I would say, I would say it's probably more like a, what is that, sixteen candles? What is that? <laughs> oh my God! Oh yeah, yes. Something a little more along those lines. Yeah, I, I, one of the reasons why I did go into martial arts was I was, I was getting, I got beat up like every day for, I want to say like a solid two or three months, uh, in really? in high school, and I was like, oh, you know what, I, I can't, I can't deal with this. Yeah. It was, right. It was just a, a pretty frustrating time, just because a lot of people, you know, and remembering it's like the, the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, there was there was still quite a bit of you know racism floating around, right. and you know, l- luckily, you know, in the times that I've gone back 
back there, it's largely dissipated. You know, people are very open-minded, very understanding. You know, everyone really is right. just a, a good person. It's, cha- it's down, changed you know? now, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think at the time, especially like, you know, I was a kid. And when you're a kid, people don't really get how the world works or how social, right. you know, social interactions go. And so, um, you know, pe- people would just kind of do whatever seemed to be the most popular choice. And right. unfortunately, a lot of the times that was picking on the people who looked like they were different. Well, I, I'm half Japanese, and I, I trained with all Koreans my entire career. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to say that there wasn't racism in my life or me getting beaten up, just like you said, you were getting beaten up, because I got beaten up all the time when I was a kid. Uh, <sighs> you know, I, I totally understand what you're, what, you're ta- what you're talking about. Tell me about your martial art experience. You know, it, you know, it's funny. You know, my students who are listening right now, we have a huge crowd who are listening right now. We have about you know, 2,600 people that are listening right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm more than positive. They understand where you're coming from, but I'm more than positive. You know, when you hear about students here and like, you know, their teacher being beaten up, they don't understand that. But, but, but when you're in high school and grade school, (laughs) it's very, it's very easy to understand how you're getting beaten up. So, so tell me when did martial arts enter your life? Yeah, definitely. Um, I started training when I was 16. Um, I was actually working at a, 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 a on the like Wright Patterson Air Force Base food court. <laughs> I was like serving sandwiches, oh. serving a pizza, and I was trained. And yeah. uh, one of my coworkers, like when I first got my got my job there, a, a woman named Shannon. She was honestly she's like 21 at 20 years old at the time, but she had just taken her second degree black belt test at a uh, wow um, at a local school and had showed, showed us this uh, a clip of her breaking two bricks with her hand after she had a broken wrist. She actually hit it wow. the, like, the wrong way, I believe. And at least if I remember correctly this story, she broke her wrist uh, doing a hammer fist and then right. was so, you know, just like so focused about it that she tried it again. But of course her wrist is broken. It, it didn't actually work right. that time. And then just out of frustration, used her left hand and straight punched it, just reverse punched <laughs> down through both of them. You know, she got her, she got her belt. I, I later saw her during her retests doing – she did something like, like 35 one-arm push-ups like on her good wrist. Uh, wow. In a minute. And, you know, that was – I was like, oh, man, this is stellar. And she did not claim to be a real athlete. She was like kind of an outsider as well and, um, right. you know, said, hey, you know, you, if you have an interest, you should come check it out. I went and took a trial class, and uh, those people became like a second family to me. You know, they really helped me through a lot of hard times, kind of gave me a lot of confidence. Sure. And, I mean, kind of. They absolutely gave me a, a ton of confidence. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be where I am without them. But yeah, it was a place called Midwest Martial Arts, and it was a uh, it said that it was a, a Taekwondo school, um, which I I loved initially, you know, because it was like right. high flying kicks and things. I wanted to be an actor, and I sure. thought, you know, if I'm going to be an Asian male actor, I got to know how to punch and kick. That's what all of them do. And right. uh, but but it ended up being you know my my instructor um, a guy named Tony Dewitt, my Kwanjin Lin. He he had a I think he had a sixth degree black belt something like that from Ernie Reyes Taekwondo, like out on the West Coast. But yes. he trained with the Leeds Academy in Virginia with Frank Gucci. He was a purple belt under Pedro Sauer in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He, he brought yeah. a lot of, you know, really like a hybridized system, um, you know. Well, uh, he knew a lot of people. Sort of, yeah, he would sort of refer to it as a, he's like, don't tell people this. It's kind of called like NHB. I was like, what is that? Right. Like, no holds barred. And I was like, oh. You know, it was like kind of before MMA became a catch term for, for you know, like what the, the sport is now. But, you know, back then it was just, I'm sure you remember, it was just a hybridization of, of different forms of martial arts. Trying sure. to keep it. Different ranges, you know, standing on the ground with weapons, without weapons, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, right. we were, we would be at our, 
at our, at my red belt test, I remember for Taekwondo, I was you know, sitting standing there in a dough box. You'd have to do like a pole gate or something like a, a big <laughs> one, you know. But, and I had to do like a flying axe kick to break a few boards. But then I turned right around. They're like, okay, cool. Now do this kimura, do this armbar, shoot this double leg. Right. You know, it's like, oh man, there's so many so many different things to learn here. So right. <laughs> it, you know, it gave me a great appreciation for what I what I really respected about that and about you know a lot of things like you know like acting things like that exactly is. You know, there's just so much. You know, there's so it many is. different techniques and styles and, and stuff to like take away from. And you realize that you know anyone that's only learning one thing is is you know they're they're already on a great path. But if they can just look beyond that, they they notice like, hey, all the things that I love about this other thing exist in right. other places. You know, and then it's great. It's just like a buffet. You can just take stuff and right. put it on your plate. And now you've got all these things that that you may not have had before. You know, it's it, right. It's really, really cool. So that's the thing I loved about it. It, it reminded me very much about uh, um, kind of like a collection <laughs> sort of thing. You know, right. just build yourself up in as many aspects what? as possible. I don't know how much you know about the history of of Korean martial arts, but uh, you know, the Korean martial arts before General Cho, before the Cultural Revolution, we had Songwukwans, we had Kukiwans, yeah. we had a, we had Krongdos, we had a lot of different styles. When General Cho came in during the Cultural Revolution, he made sure that everybody was Taekwondo, and a lot of the great great masters left, and they went to they went to like most of them went to Canada. And a lot of them came to America and went to the Midwest, like Ohio, Minnesota, Michigan. <laughs> and you ask the question of why would they go to Minnesota? Why would they go to Michigan? Those people don't leave. They don't leave their yeah. states. They stay there. Their children will be there. Their grandchildren will be there. And it's the same thing as Korea, same thing as China, same thing as Japan, where they're going to get generational students. So it was one of those things that it, of one of the reasons why, you know, your master uh, changed his style and said, listen, it's going to it's going to be more of an amalgamation. I'm assuming I'm assuming that's why he did what he did. But it, there is a strong tradition in, in Korea of, of why that happened during like 19, I believe it was 1973, 1975, when General Cho changed all those things. And all the Koreans left, all the great Korean masters left. Yeah, you end up with that that generation. Some of my my you know bosses, like stunt coordinators and things, you know, guys that I look up to, came from that uh, like kind of era, you know, like late seventies, early eighties right. of like training in uh, taekwondo, and and I feel like that persisted up until the the probably the early to mid nineties when everyone started kind of ditching on the form. But the uh, right, but yeah, that you got some real hardcore, you know bad dudes out there, like really great martial really? artists, you know, stuff that yeah. you know you're you're watching them do kicks and you're like. Hey, you know, people say these things would never work in, in, for instance, like in the cage, and then, you know, now you're seeing that it is totally possible. <laughs> like these guys yeah, have totally made it happen, you know. Absolutely. Can, you know, kick you backwards in time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard anybody else say that other than myself. They'll kick you backwards into time. You go back oh, in time with those back yeah. kicks. <laughs> yeah, I've been nailed. I have so many stories. I don't have too many stories of me winning, you know, when it comes to right. sparring and stuff. I remember mostly just being destroyed by everybody. Yeah. And man, the, the ways in which it would happen, you, you, man, I, you know, me personally, I just realized there's no such thing as a bad style. There's, it's, it's right. all up to the practitioner. And, you know, once you've got yes. your butt kicked by a, and the teacher, or like a, you know, yeah, it's like, oh man, anyone can be amazing at some of these things, and you know, you Absolutely. give tons of respect to the people that literally live taekwondo day in day out. That's 
yeah. not a generation that I was, you know, from. Like sadly, you know, I, I would say my taekwondo is not nearly at that level. And, you know, I would only I could only fantasize about what it would be like right. to that, that that thing. Right. You're an incredible athlete. You know, you've done you've done a lot of great work. L- let's start off with with some of the films that you started off with. Now, what was the first acting job that you got that you were that you were happy about? Because I know you started off with a lot of short films and what have you. And in full disclosure, you actually worked on a, a film that I executive produced, which is When the Fever Breaks, which I was shocked about. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I I didn't even realize that it was. Uh, I believe we may have been Facebook friends for a while, and, and I didn't. We were. That if that was the that 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 was the connecting point. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I, I guess to answer your, your first question, going back, it's, yeah. it's tough. I guess to single out like a very specific first one. So I, I want to say that um, I Summer I, nuts. I put a lot into everything. Oh man, that's ages ago. I would say. Even before that, so when I was when I was like you know acting and stuff like that in, in high school, I started shooting and editing my own my own you know short films, um, okay. doing my own fight scenes. You know what a lot of guys do nowadays on the indie circuit. But, you know back then we had to do like capture cards and stuff, and you know <laughs> take it from like an eight millimeter cassette into a digital format, and you know look at all these horrible scan lines around. It was they were not good. Nothing that I made then was was really great. But I do remember you know making little like you know we, we would write scripts about like. Um, you know, bizarre things. We made a superhero thing about a guy who was like a, an alien who came to the planet Earth and then crash landed, lost his memory, and then he just woke up on a park bench. People thought he was like a homeless guy, but he turned out to be like the savior of the universe. And you know, but he was he was like all disgruntled and he just was you know like very sour and angry and surly. And I thought that was hysterical. You know, we made those with our, <laughs> our buddies, and I I would you know those guys are friends. They're still some of my best friends today. You know, like who are, who are yeah. working you know as, as writers or you know, whatever, and musician, you know, I, I love the, the, the olden days of that kind of work. So, you know, like I would say for, for those sorts of things, you know, I, I definitely treasure all those a lot. As far as like a first gig that really like spoke to me as far as like uh, yeah, I mean, you mean like a, like a paying job or just something that at some point, let me just something, just something that made you, just something that made you proud of, because, you know, you have a large resume and I want to go through a lot of films of yours, but what, what was the, what was the first project you started off with that made you feel this is right. I'm in the right spot. This is what I want to do. Yeah, I, I, it, this might be such a, such a downer, but I feel like I never had that for a long time. I would say that it wasn't until, I would say it's probably, I did this episode of a, of, of a TV show called The Night Shift that was on the NBC. Yeah. Um, Great show. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that show. My, my, my girlfriend actually, she is a nurse and she was obsessed with it. And we both know the showrunner, um, who uh, uh, actually I rolled jujitsu with for for years before um, before you know I, I saw him when that show was just in its infancy and uh, I right. knew him as like a, a jujitsu guy an older producer and you know a guy who tapped me all the time <laughs> and then all of a sudden he got this <laughs> you know his show picked up he'd already been like a a, a screenwriter and a you know a, a producer in his own right for a long time you know with success it was just seeing that before my eyes was really cool and you know I didn't I didn't press the issue but you know he actually you know, let me come out and uh, got me in on the show for one of the, I think it's like the third episode of the first season and got to do a big fight scene in it, you know, a big MMA fight. And I'd actually come off of the summer beforehand, maybe only, only six, seven weeks beforehand. I had just had surgery um, for my, my uh, wrist. I, I blew the radius and uh, all the wrist ligaments on my left wrist. And wow. it was from a, a, a gig called uh, the Vatican tapes. It was a movie. It was my first SAG yeah. feature actually, like where I'd gone in auditioned, nailed it. Um, 
and it was it was going to be like my big thing. What happened then is, you know, there was like a, a, a rigging mishap. It just, you know, accidents happen, flukes, you know, flukes happen. Um, won't go into too much detail, but suffice to say that a, a gentleman fell on my arm from a, a, a somewhat significant height and uh, broke it pretty badly. And uh, wow. I took that as a sign, actually, because it was like the first day of shooting. And we had all these other, you know, things were going well, but then at that point I thought, uh, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I shouldn't be in Los Angeles. Maybe I shouldn't be pursuing a career in the industry. And, you know, it was, it was, it was me having to really consider whether or not I wanted to do it. Cause I thought, you know, I've struggled for a long time and the first big shot I get, this happens. Clearly the universe is telling me I shouldn't be involved in this business. Um, you know, and, and I had a really great support network around me, people that, you know, were very encouraging. And, um, you know, I, I recovered fairly fast. I'd actually blown my ACL, uh, like, three years prior and gotten over it. So certainly right. it wasn't as much of a, a scary thing. And uh, coming out of that, I was able to, to, you know, recover in six weeks time, you know, just really, really push and try not to re-injure it. And then went out there and did the TV show and had this cool fight team. You know, it was a little, I was a little slubby because I couldn't uh, really work out with this uh, wrist injury, post-surgery, but it, you know, that one, that one brought me back. You know, this, I can't remember where this quote came from. Some people say like, you're, you give a little bit of your soul every time that you do, any job, you know, because you're an artist, right. you put your soul into it. And then sometimes there's a job that'll come along and it'll give you some of your soul back. And for me, the night shift definitely gave me, you know, that, that kind of spirit into me and rejuvenated me and made me realize like, okay, right. you know, even in hardship, as long as you keep pushing forward, if you can make it through it, then yeah, you can do whatever you want. And that's, that's the thing that really spoke to me a lot. You know, it was also a good sign that in the business, it's a lot of it's about networking and just being a good person because the, uh, the fact that, that the, the showrunner pulled me out for that was, you know, I did not, you know, I didn't, I didn't press the issue. He, uh, right. um, he just knew me as a guy that was, you know, very focused on training and, you know, trying to work hard. And, you know, he, he just took note of it and had an opportunity and gave it to me. So, you know, I'll always be you know, forever grateful for those kinds of things. Please, please correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem to have suffered a great deal of insecurity and, and anxiety throughout your career. What, what, do you, what have you done to kind of circumvent that, that situation in your life. Yeah. I, I would say that I, I think most people kind of have that, you know, especially if you're in the creative world, I think everyone sure. in general, you know, and I, I could be, sure. I've never been that person who's just blindly confident. So I, you know, there's, there, those could be out there, those people, but I feel like most people that I've, I've met who are what I would say is blindly confident, you know, deep down they're they're, they're working just as hard as anybody else, you know, like they're, they're trying to make sure they're, um, Staying on the right track to make everything happen, and that's a, that's a balancing board. You know, that's like that's walking a tightrope all all day every day. Um, for me personally, it's just remembering that you know if, it, you can just take your life into patterns, right? And I always say that you can see where someone is from the last, you know, where they're going to be in five years from now by just looking at the last five years. Five years ago, what were they doing? How are they right, right now? And if they're if they've made an ascension and if they've encountered challenges and overcome those challenges and you know come out right. on top, then then the future will be brighter. You know, and I, I believe right. that wholeheartedly. So I, I do sort of take stock in the, the idea that, you know, bad stuff's going to happen. It's always going to happen. You're going to feel depressed and you're going to get, you know, downtrodden on yourself a lot of times. But, right. you know, ultimately just remembering that, you know, it was hard before. We made it out of there. It'll be hard right. again. We'll make it out of it, out of it then. And, you know, uh, as long as you have other people there to kind of help mitigate that, then, you know, you, you don't really have that much to worry about. Right. Um, you know, even even back in the day when I was just, you know, making dumb little movies with my, my friends, the best thing about that was I, I was with my friends. 
you know, right. and no matter what right. happens, you're always, you're always going to have like a good story or a good life experience, you know, to, to kind of pass on and learn a lesson from. So, yeah, I, whenever I get stressed, I just remember like, Hey, it's, it seems stressful now, but you know, in like a year from now, it's going to be a story. Hopefully, you know, it's just going to be right. something that you talk about and laugh about. Right. Wise words, wise words. You know, one of the, the big pictures that, or, or films that you worked on uh, was Sons of Anarchy. Uh, how did you oh, feel yeah. like when you, yeah, what, how did you feel like when you got attached to that, that project? Cause it's a great show. And how was it like working <laughs> on that set? That was incredibly awesome. So I, I remember the, uh, I had signed up, I want to say on stunt phone or something like that. Uh, one of those, you know, submission sort of uh, profile sites and, and uploaded my stuff and was kind of really just hoping something would, would pick up on it. I'm like, well, it costs a lot of money. Maybe I'll get something <laughs> out of it. And I think I signed up and like a week later, I don't know if that was from that or, you know, some of the things, you know, it was just it, maybe the universe just works in weird ways. But, yeah, I got a call from – or, a, 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 yeah, a call from Eric Norris just saying, like, hey, you know, would you like to come out and work on Sons of Anarchy? And, of course, you say yes because I'm like, well, that, that right. seems like the biggest thing that I could do in my life at this point in time. And uh, right. <laughs> went out there. Actually, I got uh, two of my buddies the, the, the hustle details on it, too, so they came out and they hustled the coordinator, and they got work on it literally the next week. It was, you know – uh, Eric's one of those stunt coordinators that he's, he's very gracious with, uh, um, you know, sort of his, his time and energy, you know, it's, I think a lot of people right. are scared of hustling and scared of going up to stunt coordinators because they feel like, well, what if they reject me? What if they turn me down? You know, it's like, I, you know, I'm going to embarrass myself. Most of them just want to see new faces and have more people that they can rely on and, and pull in for stuff. And, sure. um, you know, it was very, very relaxed. It was super relaxed. You know, I worked on that day with a couple of other, you know, really, really great people, you know, Lynn Oding, who's a, a fantastic director and stunt coordinator in his own right, you know, was standing right next to me, just taking a gunshot reaction. It was one of the easiest days of my life. You know, you just, you, they put squids on you, you walk up, right. you get shot, you fall down. It wasn't hard at all. And then, uh, right. you know, you get to go home and have a, have a lot of great stories and laughs and stuff to um, run back in your head. Yeah, that was, that was such a, a weird blip on the radar where it just came out of nowhere and it was awesome for a day and then it was over and I was like, Oh man, is, is that what stunt work is like? You just, you get to just have fun and whatever, you know, and right. all the actors right. were really cool. You know, they were really chill. Um, yeah. I, I, I just remember when they were doing the truck pulling up, uh, trying to do a rehearsal on that, uh, Charlie, you know, one of the actors, he, he was like, Oh, uh, Hey, what's your name? And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm Mike. He's like, okay, cool. I'm going to shoot at you. I was like, got it. No worries. I'll watch for it. And that was it. It was just like <laughs> you're just making TV, and it's, <laughs> it it felt so similar to when you know I would make films with my my buddies back as a teenager. Of just everyone seems to be really friendly. Everyone knows each other, and you know everyone's got a job to do, but you're you're just there to to not super stress about things. You know, it's like no right. one's yelling, no one's screaming. Everyone's got a smile on their face, and and like a, 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 on a gritty show about bikers too. You know, everyone's being super right. friendly and fun. So. <laughs> You know, I was like, this is this is something I want to be a part of every day. Every if every day of work was like this, then man, I'm set. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you went on from from that point on to working on on a lot of mocap, and to the first work yeah. you did was on Sleeping Dogs. But but you also worked on the Star Wars um, uh, video games as well. And I saw your I saw your uh, stunt video, and it, it's incredible the the amount of work you did with, with lightsabers. Um, but I do want to talk about, I want to talk about a little bit, you know, um, uh, what's the name? Sleeping Dogs first. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Sleeping Dogs is wild. I actually started work on that in 2008, I want to say. It was one of the very first things that I did in, uh, uh, in Los Angeles. 
um, actually. And it's weird because back when we started work on it, it was a video game called uh, True Crime Hong Kong, or I, I believe it was called Black Lotus was the code name at the time. Um, right. But it was, was going to be the third in a series of games called the True Crime series, uh, which were like a Grand Theft Auto type uh, video game. And, uh, you know, I was familiar with True Crime, you know, I was like very excited about it. And it was going to be you know, right. set in Hong Kong. So like, oh, this is cool. It's like a, a John Woo, Jackie Chan video game in a Grand Theft Auto world. How, how do you not get excited about it? Yeah. And uh, I was, we worked on it for, I want to say like a year and a half. And then it went kind of down the drain. Like the, the, somehow the, the plug got pulled on it. It vanished. Uh, that was back when it was being run by uh, Activision. And then Square Enix picked it up, you know, a company that does like Final Fantasy and all that stuff. They picked it up, uh, you know, as an IP, changed it to Sleeping Dogs. And then I was brought back in for a little bit of mocap, I think, on it at that point in time, like maybe just a few days. And uh, I realized they'd gone through a lot of changes. And uh, we had done right. so much work. I don't remember how much of our original mocap was left in there, how much of the data. I feel like I can remember some of the scenes, some of the performances still being like, oh, I remember doing that. But I could be totally wrong. So, you know, I'm looking at like PlayStation <laughs> 3 graphics. So I, you know, it, it, it could have been anyone doing what I thought was my work. And, you know, that's, that's totally fine. Uh, I ended up right. like a, a, the credits is like a special thanks or something with a few of the other performers from the original cast. So I wonder if they just did that as a courtesy and none of our data is still in there. But that was a, that was a very, very long process. That one was right. a lot of fun. And I met a lot of great stunt people during that. It's actually one of the, one of the, um, Project that sort of leaned me more towards stunt work than, you know, as, as a, uh, um, opposed to acting. You, you know, the one thing I want to talk to you about is, uh, you know, a, a show that seems to be recurring on this show here because we have so many people that have worked on Casey on the cover. So well, I have so oh, yeah. many people who worked on that show. It's amazing. I mean, if you've listened to my show. Almost every single stunt organizer or stunt performer has worked on that show. How was that like, and why the hell do they need so many stunt performers? Yeah, that show, uh, you know, I can only speak mostly about my experience for it, but uh, when, when I did it, I know, I know that uh, John Epstein was the stunt coordinator, Nick Benjamin was the uh, That's right. Or Sorry, Nick, if I'm messing that up, but and if he's listening no. to this, but uh, you know, also really, really great guy. Nick brought me in on that one because they needed someone who do, you know, just a few lines of dialogue or a line of dialogue, and then also do this fight. And with Casey Undercover, it, it's a you know multi-cam TV show, you know, so you have yeah, to. Yeah, it's a great show. You can't really cut. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it absolutely. Is. And the stunts in it are way phenomenal for what would be yeah. considered a, a children's show, I guess, or a younger audience show. Yeah, younger yeah. audience, yeah. Yeah, the, the the linchpin with that kind of stunt work is that you don't really get to cut. You have to do the entire scene, all the dialogue. You know, there, it was very specific with the timing of there's like foreground dialogue happening and we're literally fighting just in the background, but the timing had to sync up, you know, and it can't look cheesy. It has to still look like she's a, you know, a cool super agent. And, uh, you know, Nick pitched me for it. They brought me in and I was able to, to you know, not disappoint them, I hope. <laughs> it was a very <laughs> short day. I remember I came in on the day that we, you know, we had a day of rehearsal, which was, I think we only got to rehearse with the actor with Zendaya, maybe like a half hour max. She was very, very busy. That show moved at a breakneck pace, and I was amazed at how they were able to get that, you know, all that stuff done in such a short period of time, but right. uh, with almost no prep. And then the day after right. we went and shot it, and it was super quick. I think I was out of work by like 10 a.m. or something. It was ridiculous. You know, I, and I, you know, I, I told Nick, like, hey, you know, do you need any help for the rest of the day? Because I, I have the rest of the day free now. 
you know, he's like, oh, well, if you don't mind, sure. I don't want to message. I was like, dude, you're paying me for eight hours at least. Like, let me please work for another six hours. Like, it feels terrible <laughs> if I just go home now. <laughs> and we, I went and I helped him shoot another a previous for an upcoming episode. And, you know, I helped put him in touch with some other stunt players. That's, that's one of those shows where it goes so quick. And, you know, it's, I think people underestimate shows like that because they don't sound like a, uh, oh, it's, is it like a John Wick or an Avengers? It's like, right. well, you still need stunt performers, even for things like, you know, someone just slips and falls on something. But sure. that show especially, they've got all these fights and they all have to be, you know, they're treated, you know, like sort of comedically in a lot of cases. You know, not only are they cool, but they're also, you know, they can be really funny. You still have to get professional stunt performers who are not going to, hurt the actor in the middle of it, you know, and, and that are going to, to sell out and make everything look cool. And then also not, you know, know how to do it without making it too violent, but, you know, sure. still, still dynamic. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's a wonderful show for getting a lot of stunt performers work, you know, it's, yeah, everyone I, and their, their dog apparently has been on that show that I know. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm stoked for that. I love when some people are getting work yeah. because it, it, you know, Means that everyone's happy. Everyone can, can feed their families and you know save up for what they need to save up for. Absolutely. I had I had a friend of mine get pulled through the wall for that show, and uh, she oh. she's four foot. It's it's inc- it's incredible the, the amount of work that they did over there. So let's you know I want to I want to start talking to you about your 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 Marvel because your your Marvel career is really kind of gigantic because you started off in Daredevil. Oh. Daredevil is a fantastic show. Uh, I, I don't know how, awesome. how the heck that, exp- yeah, yeah. How, how, what was that experience like? Because we're going to go on to the Defenders later on, but also Legion, which is also a great show. But uh, let's talk about Daredevil a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Daredevil was super fun. A um, uh, stunt coordinator named Phil Silvera got me out there. Um, I had only worked with him. I don't even know if he remembered me at that point in time. I was technically like a stunt extra on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I got to see him and his crew do a bunch of high-flying, cool stuff oh, yeah. seen, uh, as ninjas. I was just on the floor, like, you know, just, like, watching them fly around <laughs> me, like, that's cool. They're so cool. And, uh, yeah, like, when I got out there on um, uh, onto Daredevil, I was super uh, stoked and surprised um, that I was going to end up you know, getting a, a solid week of work out of, out of it. You know, and, of course, you're thinking, like, wow, you look at the stunts, there's all sorts of, like, really great, uh, uh, like fight scenes, there's a lot of tricking, a lot of parkour. And I, I'm looking at my friends that worked on the show. I'm like, I don't know if I can hang with right. these cats. Even the guys that I'm there with on the day. And then I think I, my action was I turned around the corner. I'm like the, one of the last guys to get beat up by um, Electra. She, I come around the corner, and I think she just grabs my gun and like punches me once, and I go down. And then she like kicks me in the face while I'm already incapacitated. And then, <laughs> then that's it. Like I don't do anything interesting. I don't do anything cool. My face is clearly seen, so I can't come back for another episode. And I was like, I, I, I may have ruined my, uh, my, my tour on this show. You know, but everyone was fine. They just needed more guys to come in and be, you know, like Yakuza or, or Henchmen or whatever they are. You know, just sure. Get over by the hero. And that was really cool because that was actually, that's, uh, that was like only the, the second time I want to say that I'd ever been to New York City. And, um, you know, my first nice. time like really being in Brooklyn. And man, I, you know, what a, what a cool place to go. It's a place that, you know, especially I came up in the theater. So, you know, as a theater nerd, you're, you're dreaming of someday being able to go to, to New York and see Broadway and see all the, you know, shining lights and everything. And yeah, it did not disappoint. It was really cool. <laughs> but yeah, let I, me I ask you. Had a great time in that show. <laughs> how, how, did, how did your, how, at this moment right out there, how, how did your family feel about your career, the way, the way it was and where it was going? Oh, my family's so, so laid back. I feel like my my parents had this 
philosophy of eh, he'll be fine. Whatever he does, he'll be fine. <laughs> and, and throughout, yeah, like throughout uh, throughout college and throughout like high school, when I was doing all the drama stuff, they were like, well, you know, he probably should have a backup plan just in case. But he's he's smart. You know, my parents always thought he was really smart. Like he'll be fine. He works hard. Um, you know, I don't think they ever had this whole. And that's that's a, a that's a military like, family thinking that. I mean, that that that's in, that's incredibly powerful confidence in you. Oh well, it's uh, you know they're they're gracious people. You know, I don't I couldn't have gotten luckier. You know, um, yeah. with my with my parents. Uh, yeah, they've always been really supportive and very. I don't want to say nonchalant, but they they just they never really worried too much about me. They just you know, they just believed in you. Crazy stuff. Yeah, we went through a lot of crazy hard stuff before, and I, and I feel like it's okay. maybe that's where I get the mentality of is like, hey, we've we've been through hard t- harder times than this, you know. And so right. like, no matter what challenges he, you know, you're going to come up with, it's probably going to be fine, you know. I don't want to I don't want I don't want to I don't want to intrude, <laughs> but but by harder times, what, what do you mean by that? Oh, yeah, I think I think I'm pretty sure she'd be okay with me saying this. My mom actually suffered from from uh, a mental illness uh, for yeah. a, a lot of time until I was. Uh, in the fourth grade, she had um, what would be called now dissociative identity disorder, or back yes. then it was called as a multiple personality. And, uh, yes. you know, with my dad always sort of being gone, he was either, you know, TDY or overseas or, you know, just at, at work, you know, really far away. You know, he'd be gone for like right. you know, 10, 12 hours a day working on the base. You know, a lot of that was left up to, to me to sort of fend for, you know, my, my mom and, you know, and, my, and myself. Like, you know, it was right. kind of a last week kid. Um, you know, and, and it's weird because people say now, like when I have like specific anecdotes that are, you know, I won't repeat them here. They're pretty, some of them can get pretty, you know, scary. Some of them can get pretty like, sure. you know, bizarre. And people say like, you know, oh man, like how have you, your life is so hard. How'd you get through it? And I always counter back with, you know, I mean, I did. And I think most people probably have yeah. a hard life, you know, like I wasn't living on the streets. I wasn't, you know, I, right. no one was putting a gun to my head, like demanding I give them money or something. You know, I mean, I feel like there's people right. in the world that have far more dire circumstances than myself and always have. I don't really have too many excuses, you know, to not right. just, uh, push through and make things happen. And again, no. if, if it's someone like your mother, you know, you don't have a choice. You know, you're going to love your family no matter what, hopefully, you know, right. no matter what kind of stuff that she's going through. It's like you got to be there. You got to support them. You know, it's like not just for her, but for my father as well. Uh, you know, it's his, his wife that he can't be there sometimes to protect him. He's got to be right. overseas, you know, serving the country. You know, it's, I got to do my part. I got to be the man of the house. And things like I, that. Um, I don't, I don't yeah. think any of us are strangers to mental illness. I'm not a stranger to mental illness myself. Uh, you, how, how's your mother doing now these days? Is she doing well? Yeah, I think she's fine. She she went through a process called integration, you know, back then. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think the the worst part of that is just having, you know, obviously you got to you know, stay on like medications and stuff for a long time. But, That's right. You know, I think she's, she seems very content, you know, she has a very, uh, and I think that's a Midwest thing as well, you know, <laughs> as right, long as right. they're, they're getting through their day and things are nice. They don't expect that, you know, oh man, I have to go see the top of the Burj Khalifa someday or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's like, yeah, no, like life is really, really good. You know, my, my right. family comes from, from sort of a, a regular working class background, you know, they're green collars. And right. so, um, you know, for my, my dad, I remember there's a, I, I use this sometimes not to get like political anything, but this, I, I remind people that there's a difference between social class and economic class. And for That's instance, right. my parents, you know, they were in one economic class when they first got me, you know, when they were growing up and then they were, you know, they've ascended to a very different, you know, economic class. And my dad's got a pension and everything, you know, and he still works for the government as a contractor. 
And, the, right. uh, you know, they live in a really nice house, and their lifestyles have really not changed. <laughs> their social right. status has more or less stayed the same. You know, he'll still think that for his birthday that going out to, you know, Red Lobster is like the, the, the fancy dinner, you know. And, um, right. and I love that about them because that's kind of where I came from too. You know, it's like you, you don't really have a desire to go spend $3,000 on the TV or something. But, you know, if you can get together with your friends and then go out and like, you know, we'll have like a beer, we'll have a burger, you know, just simple stuff. You're very, very happy with life. And, you know, for, right. you know, my, my family, I feel like if anything, my mom is more or less just grateful that, you know, growing up the, the kind of abuse that she dealt with that put her into the circumstances she was in. Right. She's such a, a, a far cry from that now and that her life is so much better where she gets to, you know, just even just sit down and watch TV, pet the dogs and, you know, go for a walk. It's, you know, for them, that's, that's, the simple stuff in life that's beautiful. You know, that, again, that's kind right. of the Midwest lifestyle that I really value sure. a lot is that kind yeah. of slow sim- simplicity that, you know, it's not simplicity because it's lacking. It's simplicity because it's very full of what, it, it, you know, in itself, like with what it has, it's very fulfilling. Um, you know, I, I sort of love that. And I love that that's what they, you know, that's how they get through their days, you know. I appreciate you talking about that. I mean, you, you've, you've educated a lot of people about this and, you know, it's very brave of you to talk about these things. You know, I I talk about these things all the time, but you know, it's different when other people talk about them and and their experiences. And I, I I greatly appreciate you talking about this. Let's, let's move on to uh, John Wick because, you know, that's, that's a lot of our favorite films. And and I I, I would say a film that changed the genre of action because it was quite a, different film quite a different way of doing action what was it like working on that film yeah like changed the world 100 percent. like the the face of cinema i, I mean we i yeah. always talk about like eras of, of especially with action films you know there was a time when when it was the john woo era you know there was a time when you know, right like jackie had multiple eras I say. that's right uh, you know it's that we had the Ongbok era, the raid era, the born era and they, they all follow each other because you know we we sort of see something and it it, it gets you know, copied and imitated and played out. And there's always right. like sort of a big innovator at the beginning, you know, how many people did we see doing Tony jaw after Tony jaw burst on the scene? You know, you know and, and, Ch- and Chuck a lot. Um, Don't forget about Chuck a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just, there's so many of these examples. The fun yeah. thing about, you know, with for me is that, you know, you had Keanu and Chad were working together on the matrix originally, which was one of the big forefathers of like, you know, modern right. American action. Like it changed everything. So, so in a, such a huge way, and then, sure. you know, lo and behold, they, they do it again, you know, and that was, yeah. that blew my mind as a, as a spectator. You know, I was, I think uh, it blew I, everybody's I mind. That movie, that movie was insane to, to watch it yeah. really for forward, forward progressive action. It, it blows your mind and how they can use gun kata. I mean, not, not gun kata, like equilibrium, but gun kata <laughs> in, in the, in, yeah. you know what I mean? But in the right way, right, rightfully done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I believe they called it gun fu or gun jitsu around uh, around the eighty seven eleven shop. And um, at the time when when Wick was completed but hadn't come out yet in two thousand fourteen, um, I got booked by like, I'd already sort of started working through eighty seven eleven with uh, Larno Stovall. You know, he gave me the chance to come in and be part of his pre business for a little bit. Um, and then because of that, you know, I got that through you know, uh, uh, Vlad Rimberg and uh, Manny Manzanera's, you know, two really, really close friends of mine who also came from the indie world and, you know, gave me a lot of, like, lessons in, in, in how to be a stunt performer. And, you know, and, and through them I met Larnell, and through Larnell I sort of met 8711 and that I was working on a Bollywood film for him uh, overseas in India, 
when nice. uh, John Wick came out. And the guys that I was working with, um, a guy named Justin Yu and a guy named Eric Brown, who are 8711 members, um, Justin is, is a core member, and he's, he's taken me in a lot of uh, jobs as well and been really great as a, a mentor for my career. The, actually, both those guys. Well, they, you know, we, we got the chance to, to see this movie that they'd been working on that uh, you know, they were like, I don't know how it's going to do. And then it came out, and it was revolutionary, and it exploded. You know, they got tourist awards for everything, and it was fantastic. Uh, when we got done with the Bollywood film, by the time that we got out of there, the uh, I'd worked with them so much, and, and Justin and Eric were gonna, you know, they were gonna help craft all a lot of the fights and stuff for for the second movie. We all knew it was coming, and they, you know, they asked me to come in and be one of Keanu's training partners. And that was a huge, huge honor for me. You know, just having. Yeah. You know, I remember I had flashbacks of being 16, watching The Matrix for the first time with my buddies out in Ohio, and just losing my head. I was like, oh my god, like this. I will never be able to do anything as amazing as this. And then, right. you know, you flash forward and it's like the summer of 2015 and like I'm in a judo gi with Keanu Reeves gripping me by the collar. I'm like, is this really what happened <laughs> in my life? Like, this, I somehow ended up in this, this spot. Like, this is amazing. And then right. you get thrown a million times. You're like, it's still amazing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Help. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was an that amazing was film. Incredible. Yeah. That was an amazing film. Yeah. You know, I'm so happy for you that you, you got to work on that. Let's move on to the Marvel films right here with Logan, because you worked with, with Garrett Warren. Am I, am I wrong on that film? Uh, that's totally correct. Yeah, uh, Logan was, that was one of the most challenging, when people ask me, like, what are the most challenging things you've ever done? Like, that's, that is up there in the pantheon of a uh, very difficult yeah. hunt job. Um, yeah. Because I, I had known Steve Brown, who was the fight coordinator for that movie, um, for did you work for a while. did you work with Tekla as well on that on that on that film? Did you work yeah, with her? That, yeah. Yeah, that's I I had met Tekla briefly. That's where um I really really got to know Tekla was on that when we were doing prep. Um, I remember it was in like the like January of 2016. Um, we yeah. got called in to do. Uh, I got called in by Manny to help out with a a previs they were doing for um, X-Men Apocalypse, actually, I believe. And it was the, the scene where, where Wolverine comes out. There was like a reshoot they had been doing in Montreal. That's another Gary Warren film, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, they needed this, this Logan section. And then when it came time, I believe that's what nailed the, nailed the movie for them to actually do, do the full feature of Logan. That's where, uh, uh, that's where they needed a lot of core guys who could you know, be reliable you know, floaters and stuff that they could throw around and, and who could take good wrecks and just sell out everything and help choreograph. And you know, Steve and Manny brought me in for that, and that's, uh, that's how I ended up. You know, I think we were working on that for like two to three to four days every week, just on dailies, like oh, wow. over the course of three months. Um, and then when they went to go prep in New Orleans, I was very, very fortunate um, that me and uh, one of my other close friends, uh, Anthony Nenekorpanov, we ended up going in as sort of ND core members, which, you know, we're not doubles, we're not uh, like, you know, key riggers, we're not like assistant coordinators, sure. like we're, we're sure. just nondescript stunt guys on the core team, which for us is a, you know, that was like a very big deal, but they definitely needed people that could uh, help sell all those big wrecks and stuff for them. And yeah, that one, you, that one we put a lot of heart and soul into, that one was a tough one. Did you get a chance to work with Marissa Labog? Yeah, Marissa. So yeah, Marissa came in um, about halfway through the prep. I want to say, um, yeah. you know, to to help out as, as the double, obviously for X twenty three, or um, and then she, yeah, I'd known her for a while, and I'd always known her. She's incredible. Yeah, she and and a, a fantastic director, you know, screenwriter in yeah. her own right as well as an actress. You That's know, right. she and I, you know, I remember we would be driving between locations out in in New Mexico on Logan. 
I mean, Abby's long talks about, yeah. uh, you know, about filmmaking and everything, because her film, what was it, When Kids Grow Up is the name of it, I believe, it came out yeah. around that time, and we all saw it, and, you know, I, I was blown away. I was like, how, I mean, we're just stunt people, but we're making these incredible stories. That's fantastic. You know, that's, that's yeah. what... That's what, you know, Chad Delsky, David Lee sort of started, I think, with this whole revolution of, hey, you know, some people, if you have these aspirations, you know, go for it. Because if you're a storyteller, you're a storyteller. And she's right. one of those storytellers that's just go off the page is fantastic, you know. Yes. <laughs> well, you got to work on a lot of Marvel films. You got to work on Daredevil, Iron Fist, The Defenders. Out of out of all three of those shows, there, which one did you like the best? Which one kind of hit you the best? Is this is my favorite experience? This is my favorite show. I loved watching this. It's it. This is probably going to make people hate me. It's Iron Fist for me. <laughs> so just, no. Yeah. So my experience on Iron Fist, I, I got to confess, I haven't really watched any any of those shows in their entirety. I've watched you know pieces of them and maybe an episode here or there. With with Iron Fist, uh, that was actually around the time I was doing Logan at the same time. I remember I was on Logan for two weeks during the shooting. Then I left to go to Atlanta to do um, uh, Fast and Furious 8, Fate of the Furious, for two weeks. Yeah. Then I went back to Logan to sh- help shoot the finale, you know, because I was in the opening team, and I was also in the finale of it. Right. Uh, we did two weeks on that. And then after that, I went out to New York for, for two weeks. That was to work with uh, uh, with the crew, you know, Brett Chan and, and Johnny Yang and those cats on, on Iron Fist. And my really, really close friend, Malai Kim, from, you know, the, the EMC uh, Monkeys stunt team, you know, we'd known each other for ages. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all of, the, all of the indie buddies that I knew, all of these guys that were from, you know, back in the day where we were just making crazy stuff, you know, uh, on our own in Los Angeles. They were all there. They were all working I, on this movie. I can't believe you said Iron Fist. I, I would argue that that's the one show that canceled the rest of the shows. <laughs> I would make that argument. I think, that I, that... <laughs> yeah, I, I Go think ahead. everything got canceled because because uh, of uh, um, uh, Disney Plus and Marvel's like, relationship and everything. Yes, yeah. oh, absolutely. Ultimately, yeah. I, as much as artistically and, and whatever about Iron Fist that I... You know, you know, you know what's really weird there. is uh, Iron Fist is one of my favorite characters. The, the, the old shows oh, of, yeah. of Iron Fist and, and his partner going on those are the comic books that i grew up with but when i watched the show i I did i did feel a little bit like it it didn't understand asian culture the way that i understood it and it 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 did bug me it it bugged me in a hardcore way now season two was a little different where they hit it in a a different manner but yeah it it, it bugged me it bugged me a a bit yeah i you know it's one of the things where i mean i I don't want to talk like too too uh, poorly about anybody. Or of anything, course, you know, of course me. not. The, and I don't, I don't want you I, to I remember, either. Oh yeah, I, I appreciate that. Well, like when when I did the show, the episode that I got called in for was actually to play Iron Fist, um, and that that's why my experience on it wow. was so vastly different from a lot of people. Was that when I got brought in, I was the uh, you know, there's like a scene in one of the episodes. I think it's like episode eight, maybe in the first season. Yeah. I'd have to go back and check. But they they you know he's. Uh, um, then he's shown like footage of an old Iron Fist from like 1948 or something like that, and it's right. like, crashy and old. And that was yeah. you know, where yeah. there's an Iron Fist running around. He's dual wielding. He's got both hands. Yeah. Uh huh. I remember that scene. Guys flying. Yeah, that's that's me. Like that's me with the two Iron Shut Fists. Shut up. You're the old Iron yeah, Fist. Was, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know. That was the best scene in the entire show, by the way. That was the best scene. That was you. It's so brief. Yeah, yeah, that's me, like in the woods, and I'm. Oh, I just wanted to see an entire movie based on that character so badly. (laughs) He had the two fists. It was like black and white. He was going across and just knocking people out and punching the floor, and that was a that was an amazing Uh, scene. It was, and it was very well choreographed, and it was like done in like one long shot, which I thought was super cool. It was a very sound footage thing. I thought that was that was brilliant. And yeah. I remember running up in the first gag in it is that I run up and I kind of like dual uh, punch. Like I just do like a, like a forward U punch and two guys get, get just yeah. ripped back on line. Yeah, like, I know. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Yang and Shane Yan. Yeah. yeah. They're two friends of mine, you know, really close friends. And I'm, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they're like my seniors, you know, it's the, like, right. You guys brought me out here to do this job. <laughs> and now I'm like making both of And the first thing I see is just these massive wrecks. And I'm like, Oh, just stay, right. stay strong. Be the Iron Fist. Cut through the rest. Right. Of like, oh my lord. Uh, but yeah, that was that was so yeah. cool because I got to be this really wild. Like that was definitely one of the bigger moments of my life. And then being oh. with all of my friends from the the indie world you know, back in the days of like, I can't believe we're all working on a big set for for you know yeah. Marvel right now. Like in right. New York, like all of us guys that came from nothing. You know, we we're doing you know, shoots and like buying pop tarts and, and, and like fruit snacks and stuff. And then like, wait, wait, you know, just get the, get the generic brand. We can't afford the, the more expensive <laughs> ones. You know, don't get the actual pop tarts. Like get the, get the, the off, you know, off brand ones. Okay, cool. You know, we're trying to save money. And now, you know, you flash forward like five years yeah. later and lo and behold, everyone's, everyone's out in New York with like glowing things on our hands. It's just gnarly. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, I, well, it's you know, you never forget. I'm so proud and happy for you for your experience. You know, you know, a uh, full disclosure. You know, Iron Fist was just one of my favorite characters, and I think one of the reasons why I, I, I'm kind of down on it was because, you know, I, I love the character so much. So you know, it, it's just yeah, one definitely. of those. It, it's just one of those things that kind of makes you, you know, rethink and think about the characters or what have you. It doesn't mean I didn't watch it. Obviously, I watched it. So, and I've, yeah, I've watched yeah. it more than once and I love that scene, by the way. So I'm very proud of you and very happy for you that you, that you got to do that. Let's talk a little bit about Legion because Legion is, is an, a, a brilliant show. Uh, it's a show, you know, based on, you know, Charles Xavier's child, you know, yeah. and, and, and it's got a lot of really weird uh, teleplays going on there. What was it like, you know, and you've worked so much with Marvel, obviously Marvel Disney. So what was it like working on that show? That that was such a random so like that was a classic example of in stunts. It's very similar to like the Sons of Anarchy example for me, um, where you know you're you're just sitting around, you get a call, hey, are you available? Or I think it's a test, like hey, this is so and so from the office of Legion. You available for you know uh, on this day or whatever? Hey, our fittings on this day. It's like yeah, sure, you know, <laughs> and then and then that's it. All of a sudden you're working on it, and then we showed up. It was a very weird scene. I think it was like it might have been a reshoot of a scene. I'm not. I'm not sure. But it was like the idea was that there was a big gap in the earth, and we were like sewing with like a giant needle, like sewing the earth right. together. Right. Like I know the episode. Real monk type guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never seen it. I've actually never seen a single episode of that show, despite really? loving the uh, the origin. Wow. Yeah. I, I full disclosure. I I don't really watch a whole lot of TV or, or film. And right. Like, uh, you know, I, I get the chance to do it over tour research, especially. You know, a, sure. lot, a lot of the time, like, uh, um, uh, it's just a matter of, you know, you don't have the time to do it. You know, you're always kind of bouncing from one thing to the next. Obviously, right now, I'm, I'm trying to catch up on a lot of those things, which I, I definitely have. <laughs> really fun. Um, 
you know, got to got to do a whole uh, Star Wars and a Bond marathon with my my lady, and so she, you know, she's watching all these oh, movies fantastic. that you know, she's never seen before. It's pretty great. But yeah, I, I hadn't really got a chance to see it. I just remember I was out there on that day with two other stuntmen who were very close friends of mine. Uh, we were sharing like a trailer. It was, uh, you know, there were a couple of us, but Alvin Singh and Brian Cartago, and we were. I oh, Alvin swear, Singh, oh, a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Alvin, Alvin's wonderful. He he is always going to have a very very special place in my heart because he, as uh, maybe a story for later, but yeah, he he took me in when I was homeless actually for a short period of time, um, and we barely knew each other at the time. <laughs> he he, he oh. met me a few months before for like a few days, and very very cool cool cat. You know, I, I respect him a lot. But yeah, we were I swear we were daring production to just fire us because we were laughing and goofing off and just like. In the background, we someone would say something funny, and then we'd just be snickering the whole time, you know. And and they're like, "Yeah, it's a big wide shot. There's not really any dialogue, you know. Just like do the action." And it was so easy. It was everything was so yeah. easy, you know. And then we would have like 20 minutes of not doing anything, so we'd just be giggling and like eating crafty and being <laughs> misfits. Like, this is again. It just sort of reminds you of what uh, uh, of, of what fun and great times you can have, you know. I think. Uh, yeah. A lot of times, you know, you, it can be portrayed as being a very serious thing. Like, oh, we're making a movie. You know, it's like everyone's yelling and screaming and stuff. Quite, you know, a lot of times in my experience, most of it is just you're, you're sitting around for a large part of the time trying to just keep yourself warm. <laughs> you yeah. Know, so you're not, you're not going to, like, sprain a muscle later on when you have to get up and move. But, you know, it's, it's hanging out, drinking lots of coffee and, and chatting. Sure. And catching up, you know. That's what that ended up being, so. Alvin and I, Alvin and I were the, you know, we, we had dinner just like days before the, uh, the lockdown happened. So I got to, you know, I was, I was meeting him, you know, we were talking to his girl and she's a wonderful artist and we had a wonderful night. And then two days later on, there was the lockdown. (laughs) It's incredible. I haven't seen him in so long. I feel so bad about it, you know, but yeah, Yeah. I'll I'll probably text him when we get off this call and say hi because I oh yeah, we got to talk about we were talking about Bruce Lee. We were talking about martial arts. You know, he's an incredible human being, and, and I, I really do love that guy. So, so Legion oh, yeah. is a show. I'm, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I actually have a, a really weird story about the Defenders. They said you had brought it up before. Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, Al, Alvin and I were were rooming together in New York when we were shooting the Defenders. Uh, when the when you know when we shot the last episode of that. That's uh, right. That that show. And uh, he and I were, yeah, we were, we, he's such a, a great martial arts nerd to sit around with and just li- literally talk about martial arts and nothing else right. forever and, and cinema martial arts. And I, I remember we were watching, we were so impassioned at one point in time, we were watching old Jackie Chan, which like snowed indoors because the, the, we had a blizzard. <laughs> yeah. we couldn't, literally couldn't get outside because with a doorknob, yeah. it like snapped off the gate to leave the place. So we couldn't get yeah. out. And we were like watching old Jackie Chan clips. And I, I think, you know, we were watching like a clip from Miracles or Shanghai Nights or something like that, and we were yeah. almost, almost brought to tears by how much love we had for, you know, what Jackie had given us. And they, you know, it was a weird sobering moment of like, we're here working on this thing in this funny set of circumstances because this man that we can watch now as one of the masters of the craft paved right. the path for us. You know, already and we're like, what kind of impact are we going to leave on the world? What you know, what what are we going to do for right. the next generation of stunt performers and martial right. artists and you know, it was just such a, it was filled with such emotion. We, we almost started to like tear up. <laughs> it was like, I'm not. Yes. Oh, well, it's great. But he's just one of those guys that you can share that experience yeah. with. And, and 100% he means it. You know, he, he, his heart and yeah. soul is completely honest and open, which I, I think is the, one of the best things you can say about anybody. Yeah. 
Well, he also under, he, under, he also understands a lot about the martial arts. He under, he understands a lot of the martial artists, the past, the present, a lot like Garrett Garrett oh, Warren yeah. as well. But he he understands what it what it what people were made of, their histories, their 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 pasts, what made them be who they were. So it's always very interesting. I remember we sat there for like five and a half hours and we're we were talking and uh, yeah. I started looking at his girlfriend and I started talking to her and she, he's like, no, 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 talk to me <laughs> because she doesn't, she doesn't know anything about martial arts. <laughs> and I wanted to somehow share that. <laughs> it was, it was hilarious. It was, it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> so, so, so you were, you worked again with Garrett on Alito Battle Angel. Yeah. 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 I'm actually just pulling out some old footage from uh, the the previs of that before, you know, just like yeah, and 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 that was uh, again you're working with uh, you're working with our friends on that show as well. Yeah, yeah, like a, a lot of the some performers that were there were all good buddies of mine, you know, guys like Solomon Brendy and Matt Emig, you know, and and, and Tecla was on, out there. Um, you know, Tecla, they did the they did Tecla's hair for that show. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man, I I I don't recall exactly like who was doing what on that because it was it feels like it was an eight you know an era ago i remember more of the shooting process than the previous part of it but uh yeah that was that was wild that was actually the on that show is when i met um one of my big heroes as like an indie filmmaker which is the director robert rodriguez and oh. watching him in action there's, there's always those moments where you you know you grow up and you you idolize people and you, you think of them as like yeah oh, I really respect these people I love their sure. work you know I, I wonder what they love and you're just hoping that in in the real world that they end up being a, a genuinely great person you know and and uh, you know that it happened with like Keanu and with you know like Hugh Jackman like you meet them and they're they're fantastic people and you're like oh thank goodness like this is this couldn't have been any better to like fulfill my dream you know yeah and then uh, you know Robert Rodriguez comes out and he's so chill and cool and friendly and like you know just good natured and you're like oh man this is awesome this guy that i was hoping would be amazing is totally amazing you know nice. and and yeah i had a i had a really great time working on that film you know the uh, the fights that we made i think were pretty interesting and um yeah i love when they kind of push the barrier on visual effects and you're always experimenting it doesn't always pay off necessarily right um in the right ways but like with with what they were trying to accomplish, I, I was super stoked. You know, I love watching yep. movies like that. Big sci-fi thing, that, anyway. So that, that's a good way to say it. For for what they were trying to accomplish, it, it was it was really well done. You know, I, I love the skating scene. I love a lot of the fighting scene. Oh, of yeah. course, I, I love the hammer with 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 a with a rocket up, approach to it as well. So, because oh, I'm a huge fan, I'm a huge fan of the shorts. So, I know. How is that not awesome? Yeah, yeah, I got to bump into a um, uh, uh, Christoph Waltz, you know. In, in oh, that, get out of here! Yeah, there's a scene in there in the bar fight where Daniel Stevens, when he first walks in, Daniel Stevens and I, you know, Daniel Stevens, the um, yeah. you know the stunt double for Hugh Jackman, off sure. the coordinator of Extraction, you uh-huh. know, good good buddy. He and I were like just like kind of throttling each other, and we have to go, we have to shutter frame and bump into Christoph, and I mean, I think I think we're trying to be nice to him, you know, and not like hit him too hard. And Christoph literally told us like. You know, don't don't try to fix your blocking around me. You know, it's like you know, just just do your thing and I'll make it work. Like okay, and we you know bumped him pretty pretty significantly and you know a good little jolt and you know he's all like right. yeah, that's it perfect you know. But he's that was incredible too because you know you, you watch his work and something like Inglor is bastards or something right you know, you're, you're, or Django and then you're on the same soundstage as him watching him perform and he's yeah just captivating you know it's like you he's got an, ca- he's got an Academy Award. 
Yeah, you, you can, it's well-deserved. You can feel the resonance that he gives off just, just vibrating through the room. Everyone can feel his performance. It's so powerful. Uh, it's, yeah. it's like a, it's like a WMD. I don't know how to describe it. It's so, so incredible. You know, it's, it's Pavarotti <laughs> with opera, you know, it's, it's how he does his acting. <laughs> well, that, that, that is quite articulate, by the way. I, I love that you said that, you know, I, 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 I want to get, I want to get the extraction as soon as possible because I want to, I want to get your take. I want to talk about it, but first, first let's, let's get to uh, John, the next John Wick film, Parabellum. Mm-hmm. So yeah. oh, yeah. you worked on the second one, you worked on the third one. I love the third one. Incredible film. Tell me about that experience. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a funny one. because I was working on uh, the movie Gemini Man at the time uh, with uh, J.J. Carey, yeah. uh, Justin Yu, yeah. Jeremy Marina. With Ang Lee. Um, and we were, yeah, we were, yeah, Ang Lee, oh my goodness, just another visionary that you hope is going to be as great as you think he is, and he is. And, um, yeah, it was around April or so. We, we sort of knew that um, at the end of April they were going to go to Columbia. They had to start doing the motorcycle sequence and all the stuff that happens out there. And yes, uh, incredible motorcycle scene, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was sent back to LA to start prepping another project, um, like you know, with the, the talent and stuff involved. And uh, you know, obviously, like things you know, schedule shift, things get delayed, right? At the same right. time, you know, John Wick 3 had been mounting up, and all those guys had had I'd kind of helped out with uh, just doing some concept stuff. The you know, the the fall beforehand, you know, it's 87, 11, whenever they ask for help, I'm always going to say, yes, I'm eternally grateful for what they you know, had given me, you know, so you just go in and just do whatever they ask you to do. And then, uh, yeah, uh, apparently they had, you know, they'd wanted to try and get me in for a spot to do like some stunts on, on the third one. And I didn't know what it was. I, I assumed I was going to be a guy that just ran in and took a gunshot and fell over, you know, right. had like a day of work. And then the way the scheduling ended up going is I, I went out there, I got established and then I had to be on hand for the rest of it, which Balloon from what I thought was going to be just like maybe two weeks at most to uh, um, just about two months of, of work with that movie, um, being part of the glass house scene and, and one of Mark Dacascos' uh, sort of henchmen, it, it was just sort of a dream come true. You know, you, it's, yeah. it's absolutely wild. And we're beautiful scene. Again, we, yeah, we, we had done a fight scene. Keanu and I had done a fight for the second movie that got cut. Um, it, it ended up being the, it was the original like pencil fight scene. Um, and yeah, oh. it was, I, I, there's a lot of, a lot of things had like gone on in the editing room. They had to reshoot it. Um, sure. so, you know, of course I was bummed at the time, but then when I, I came back in the third one, I was super stoked to be able to get to do like a fight. And, and the whole story of that is just me constantly underselling what I was going to be doing. I was like, I'm, I'm probably just going to come in and like swing a sword. Right. And then all of a sudden you're, they're like, no, you're in this big sequence. Like oh my goodness, this is crazy! It's like a dream come true, <laughs> and I, I'll never forget. Like we, we it's been sort of business as usual, doing all this work. Then we get to the glass house to start the fight scene with Keanu, and we right. did the fake. And and reason I hadn't really, you know, we hadn't really spoken too much up to that point because you know they were in the middle of production, they were shooting, and no one was any, you know, no one was in the same spot as anybody else. Everyone was, was busy. Uh, sure. You know, finally all of a sudden we we kind of did a rehearsal. We did that first take, and you know immediately it's you know, it's John Wick. So there's, their long takes, you know, the action is, you know, not a lot of like intercut stuff. It's all wide. So everyone has to bring their A right. game. And Keanu is no, he's no stranger to that. You know, he, he'll, he'll go to town. He brings it every right. single take. He's no coward. So we're, yeah. We do the first take and we're already, I think, sweaty from it. <laughs> when I come flying <laughs> out of the glass and I'm like trying to catch my breath. And he, he looks at me as like, all right, you know, like what, you know, let's, let's check the monitors. He's walking back to the, to the, uh, to, to look at the footage. And he looks over at me and he's all like, round two, huh, Mikey? And I was like, 
oh man, he he remembers the fight that got cut. <laughs> just, that was another <laughs> sweaty, crazy thing. And just you mean he re- he remembered? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I heard rumors that he had really wanted me to be a part of the the third one because you know our fight scene had gotten cut or whatever. And what a you know, what a I, great what a great man. What a great man. Yeah, that was that was like a badge of honor on my on my chest to to know that yeah. you know. And I, I have a selfie of uh, him and myself that I took like after our fight was totally finished. There's actually really? a second part of it that you don't see in the finished film where I do die. Uh, but in the actual movie, as it's cut now, I, I, my character never gets killed on screen. So right. he's assuming he'll be back in the fourth one. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, I, I've never posted that, that shot anywhere. It's just for, for me to remember that, like, I got the chance to share sure. experience with, you know, someone that I, I believe is, like, you know, just a cinematic legend, you know, and, and a really, really great, really great person on top of it. You know, he, just, he is, a, you know, he is an amazing human being. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've I've got to meet him several times, and you know, I'm never ever disappointed by how amazing that human being is, and by how much yeah, light he's incredible, by how much light he, he he really shows. He's an incredible human being. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Really hilarious too. Great sense of humor. <laughs> really. Time around him, just always, always, always some fun. Yeah. He. You know, it's funny that there was a time when we were trying to, they were trying to choreograph some little extra bits for one fight, you know, uh, Yaya and Chechep, you know, the, the two guys from the, the raid movies. And, uh, you know, they're trying to come up with this choreography and he just started improvising some stuff uh, like while we were all standing around and we just watched him basically run a jujitsu seminar. You know, like I'm, I'm a brown belt myself. And, and so I'm like watching him do all these moves. I'm like, yeah, all that, all that's really good. You know, and we've got like, you know, several black belts in jujitsu in the room. I think all of us agreed. Like he's, He's actually legit. Like he's got he's got real moves. He's doing real world jujitsu, yeah. just improvising it on the spot. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I mean, like as a martial arts nerd too, how do you not love that? That's so fantastic. You know, just everything that he does seems to be geared towards what we love in martial arts movies. Yeah, he, he's no he's no phony. He's an incredible human being. You know, you 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 got me stuck because I, I want to talk about Gemini Man now because <laughs> I, I, I saw I, I saw I saw the film. <laughs> I, I really love the film. I love Will Smith, but I, I, I most of all, I love Ang Lee. You know, Crouching Tiger, yeah. Hidden Dragon is always going to be. I, I watched it in the theaters several times, and I remember oh, yeah. I saw the oh, I saw the yeah. secret preview. He's always going to be the the, the person who like. I, I I don't know. I I don't know how to properly you know say this, but he's always going to be the kind of person who who reset my mind on cinema. If that makes sense to you, that's a like, really it, cool way of putting it. Yeah, you know when I saw when I, mean, I saw I that feel film, like he it, that yeah. yeah, he bl- he blew me away. He blew me away, and uh, I wanted I, I I was obsessed with that film so much because it, it's it said so much to the audience that some a lot of people just didn't understand. And if you read the pentology yeah. of the original novels which the, the, the original original writer died and the wife continued to let Ang Lee create the, the books into movies. It, it was an incredible saga to watch. So, so yeah, tell me, yeah, what, what, tell me what was it like working with such, such a great human being? Um, Ang, Ang Lee is on another, on another level. That's maybe the best way to say it's, it's, that's a really great way that you put it where he kind of resets what your expectations kind of are for what cinema yeah. is. And I think yeah. a lot of the trailers call him a, a visionary, which I, I think is almost too, 
generous, or rather, I think it's, I don't think it's generous enough, like in terms of how, how amazing his work is. He does see the world in a very different way, I think, than everybody else. And I think the big challenge is trying to meet his vision because it's, you know, it's just out of this world. It's something that you, you know, it's like invent a new color is almost the the, the challenge you have to do when you're, you're working for Ang Lee, you know? And it's like, no, 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 that just looks like a different shade of red. Like, I do this. It's like literally impossible. Like, you UV spectrum, I don't know, but but that's <laughs> you know when you're when you're trying to do a fight scene, and he really wanted to revolutionize like how 3D works and how you know the high frame rate works. You know there were a lot of challenges with that. We were I remember you know Justin, you had built like a milk crate that was like on these like suspended cables, you know, with a camera inside of it with weights because if we were right. going to attempt sort of like that that you know Hong Kong kinetic style of, of shooting a fight scene. You know, sure. we had to, you know, we, we had to make sure that the camera could, could move because it's two gigantic cameras with a prism and, you know, the batteries and the lenses on it. It's a massive machine that you're trying to haul around that, you know, you're like, how am I going to do handheld on this? I think it's impossible. Um, and trying to make a fight scene with that. Plus, if it's in 3D, the depth perception for, you know, what we call stacking, you know, hits, it's, it's right. very tricky. Now, all of a sudden, if, if I want to punch this person in the face, I have to get maybe within three quarters of an inch of their face right. to tell it. You know, right. Which is you can't you can't throw it to the right. You can't throw it to the yeah. left. You you have to get really close to them. Yeah, and and that's that's on Jeremy Marinas as a fight coordinator. You know, choreographing and and uh, uh, crafting a lot of the action, designing it around beats where we could sell that, and when we could you know kind of cheat that, knowing the technology of the camera. You know, he, you know he's a filmmaker in his own right, and he's one of the hardest working stuntmen on the planet. You know, and the coordinators yeah. on the planet. He's, you know, that, that kind of teamwork and that kind of uh, um, uh, attention to detail is what really was necessary to even make Gemini Man just possible. You know, right. I, I wasn't there for the motorcycle chase stuff, but I, I remember how challenging making the fight scenes was with that setup, you know, in terms of uh, uh, knowing how the cameras were going to be, be used. I, doing that at high speed on motorcycles just seemed insane as a concept to me, just knowing what I knew <laughs> you know, before I left that show. And the uh, the fact that they pulled that that scene off with such grace and excitement, and that's just on another level. You get that kind of filmmaking when the person at the top is is someone like Ang Lee who pushes and pushes and pushes and tries to reinvent the genre to a degree. You know, I'd heard that the script was was actually originally from the '90s. They were trying to pitch it from the, the it 90s was onwards. it had been pitching it for a very long yeah. time. It went through it went through. Um... Uh, Tom Cruise. It went through a lot of different people that it just never fit yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's sort of reflected in the, the base storyline. As much as they were trying to to fix that script and, and update it, I do think there's a lot of parts of it that were. And I, I'll be honest. I when I saw the movie, I loved it. I was I was very stunned about how much better it turned I out. Than it. I think a lot of people were trying to leave, yeah. you know, let me to believe. And I was like, I don't know. Look at that motorcycle team. It could have been nothing but like. You know, footage of like a garbage pile for the rest of the movie. You show me that motorcycle scene, I'm right. I'm going to give it like a at least an A minus because <laughs> it's phenomenal and like I I love it and I I always think about the challenges involved with something like that and how you know the the person that you're going to criticize the most is the person that sticks his neck out there to really try something innovative and different. You know, I think that movie is you know deserves a lot more credit than I think you know. The well, main I, 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 I tell you, you a know, funny little story. You know, uh, you were in when the fever breaks. You know, Tymaine Clay, who directed the oh, film, yeah. he and I were in Arizona, and we were at a, a, an AMC theater where the guy was putting on the event, and he had Gemini Man playing at the exact same time. 
And he oh, asked wow. me, you, you know, is there, is there anything you want to do? Is there anything you want to see? Is there anything you I go, I want to see Gemini, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. asked me. He asked me for several things. Do I want? And he didn't say movies, by the way. He's like chocolate, <laughs> red vines. Do I want this? Right, I'm like, right. I want to see Gemini. I want to see Gemini, man. He's like, walk right in. I mean, red vines are good. You know, red vines are great. <laughs> you get them in the doctor's house, you them in the straw. Fantastic. But yeah, that movie. Oh. Yeah, I will always. I will always. Yeah, I will always support Ang Lee, no matter what he does. Uh, you know, I, I have Push Hands, one of his original films uh, that, that he, that oh, he yeah. made. You know, oh, he's, he's, he's one of my favorite directors. I've watched him ever since the beginning of his incarnation, and I will always support him, no matter what. Him and people like Guillermo del Toro and people like that. Uh, yeah, I will oh, yeah. always, yeah, yeah, I will always support their career. But but people like Ang Lee, you know, they rewrite cinema. They 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 recreate it in a way that is is almost unimaginable. You know, for us, we, you know, we think in, in a linear path, and he thinks more in an abstract way that that changes the way that we perceive information. And I I appreciate him for that, and, and I love him for that. So let, let's move on yeah, a little definitely, bit here, definitely. right? So you, you worked on, you know, before we work on talk about, you know, cause I want to talk to you about extraction real fast before this whole thing is over. Cause we're running out of time really fast, oh, but, but you, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been great talking to you, you know, and I'll be, you know, this is uh, the day before my birthday and I wanted to talk to somebody. Oh man. Uh, Happy th- birthday. Th- thank Happy you. Birthday, uh, thank you. I, I really wanted to talk to somebody that I can talk to about movies and enjoy myself and just really enjoy my life and, and recollect on, on my, my experiences. And this has been a oh, yeah. great birthday gift. Oh, Talking to you has been, you. has been an excellent birthday gift. Um, but let, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about, about Mulan because Mulan is a real story. It's based on a real book. It's based on yeah. real Chinese history. Uh, it's been delayed, but it's going to come out yeah. soon. So what was your experience like on that? Yeah, Mulan was was awesome. So so I was only involved in the reshoot, uh, which took place here in Los Angeles. And uh, I was actually, we, we were shooting Fast 9, like my last day on Fast 9 uh, out in London. And I got the call literally just to, to be there on, I believe, Monday morning on, on Mulan. And if I didn't get done with our scene on Fast, you know, on that Saturday, we were shooting on a Saturday, you know, then it was going to be delayed a little bit. And I, I couldn't take Mulan. I was really like, oh, man, I, I, I want to be a part of that. I want to be part of that Disney movie because, right. you know, if we grew up as kids and we all saw that, that movie's legendary. I think we all know the, you know, uh, the <laughs> I think yes. we all know the, the song about becoming a man. And, you know, it's like, sure. like all of us love that. We've all sat down with our buddies and jammed guitar that at, at some point in time. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was really jonesing to get back and do it. And, you know, luckily everything went perfect, you know, and, and, and that, that wrapped up nicely. And then I was able to make it in time. We came in and, and it was, it was wild. There was so much choreography. There was so, they were really going for that kind of sort of feeling of really having a lot of martial arts and like, a, you know, making your actors do a lot of it. I, I, I love it. My, my good friend, uh, Shane Yan was uh, um, one of the fight coordinators on it. Yeah. He is an incredible martial artist for Kung Fu in his own right. And, uh, just made some really beautiful stuff, like really incredible uh, choreography. Wow. I, I got to double the the boyfriend character, the guy played by uh, Yosan. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because Yosan he could do all of his own choreography. Like we had him on 
the line when you know there's a part where he does like a 540 from the ground and you know this big flying roundhouse kick and with a sword in his hand with this crazy armor the armor was so heavy and so you know uh, big and like he could do all of it and i think he was very clear about you know he's a wonderful actor he's like very gracious and uh one of the guys who, who says look i'll do as much as i can but if if it's going to look better, just have Mike do it. You know, it's, it's, it's like the, right. the, the service to the character and like have, have the best performer at the moment for, you know, whatever's required. And it was amazing. Cause I, you know, I tried to feed him water and stuff and like, you know, give him snacks whenever I could. Cause they, they were like, no, nope, we really want to have him in there. I mean, the, the director really loved having our cast do a lot of the, the action if they were capable. And you know, he was more than capable. So I'm like, well, I just done double, here's a bottle of water every take. And, uh, <laughs> And he was phenomenal. He was an incredible. You know, he was a really, really talented performer. So hopefully nice. he, uh, he just blows up as like an action hero after this and I can double him again. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure he will. Comes out. <laughs> it, it'll, I think it's going to come out near December and what have you. But l- let's move on to Extraction because we're running out of time. You know, one of the, a wonderful film put on Netflix, directed by Sam Hargrave, you know, um, written by the, by the Russo brothers, um, Chris Hemsworth, a wonderful yeah. movie. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Have you seen it yet? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, the uh, moment that ma- it dropped on Netflix, I, I turned it on. I was like, I have to, I have to watch it. <laughs> made, made me made me cry twice. Made me cry twice. Yeah. It, 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 rem, it reminds me of Man on Fire with with Denzel Washington. <laughs> a, a great deal. I don't know if you've ever seen that film, but but yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but. but a, Blows me away. This film, the action is is amazing. Um, I know you play one of the guys. I know you did some of the stunts. Uh, tell me about that experience, please. Yeah, I was I was the fight coordinator for uh, Extraction, actually. So a, a lot of the I choreographed the majority of the fight action in that movie, um, including a lot of the stuff that happens at the at the end on the bridge. You know, it's, it's funny. When, Shut up. You know, Sam did you do of, some I, of the stunt coordination with the kids? Like when you when he you know, knocked I, out those kids. Yeah, I didn't do the stunt coordinating side of it. I would say that's a, a different job. That's Dan Stevens and, and Thayer Harris. Yeah, um, right. Both of them second unit directing out there. But then um, as far as fight coordinating, yeah, I, right. that was one of the scenes when I read the script originally and I first got it. It was like in, in August of 2017 or 18, I want to say. I can't remember anymore. I think it was like 2018. Right. The, the, uh, um, the yeah, sorry, 2018. And the... In the script, there's only like three fights. There's like there's very very short. That's one of them. The kids fight is one of them that was in there. Um, it was always sort of very specifically laid out uh, in terms of like what events happen in it. I I was ecstatic about doing it, and Sam had a really cool vision for that. And we're trying to push the barrier, like how far can we go, like beating up kids. At one point in time, I think one of them was getting thrown through a window, and they're like, well, as long as you hear him groaning on the other side, we know he's alive, he's fine. I'm like. I mean, I think he might be. A kid gets like, thrown <laughs> off the roof and he ain't crying. That kid's dead. Oh, oh yeah, that that moment. Oh, it's you know, Sam is an incredible director. I think a lot of people early on were were thinking, well, we know the stunts are going to be good, but what about the rest of the film? He's he's a masterful storyteller, you know, and and obviously yeah, he's great. Him having a long history of working on on the best movies and working with the best people That's for a right. long time, and you know, he is he's a computer. He's like a you know, when you think about someone like Anderson Silva back in the day who just absorbs all the information like one of the Borg and and all of a sudden <laughs> all of that information that uh, in, you know is around him is now being used for a purpose. That's 
you know, that's someone like Sam Hargrave. You know, there's nothing he doesn't know, it seems like. And right. he was very gracious in terms of letting a lot of the choreography, you know, that I would come up with, like, you know, sort of stay in. We put a lot of jujitsu in there, put a lot of, you know, like Kali and stuff in there. And he was very, very stoked about just letting it be real. You know, I was stunned. And, um, you know, you have a, a talent like Chris Hemsworth who can actually pull off most of that stuff on his first pass without even looking at it twice. That's right. Like, All right. He's, a, he's some kind of physical genius. That's cool. And, it really was like the perfect storm of you can, you can create almost anything that you want with these guys, you know, because like the sky's the limit. They will, they will, they know how to make it look good and they know how to, to make it happen. So um, right. yeah, that was, that was wild. I, I did a lot of work on that. And sometimes that would be even, you know, uh, staying up late and, you know, seven days a week and editing back in my hotel room and, and getting things out just in time before we were starting to shoot stuff. But yeah, I have a whole hard drive full of uh, pre-visualization that we did. For wow. Movie. I think one of, one of them for the bridge is, is about 14 minutes long. Like the, the whole bridge sequence at the end, we had to do in pre-visualization. That, that, that bridge that scene, scene is amazing. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. I did tear up that, that shot where he sends Ovi away to the chopper, and then there's that long uh, a pushing like, crane shot that comes down on him yes. as he turns around to mount up for his last his last. Uh, uh, rush against them, man. I don't think there's a draw. Oh, you made me cry, you son of a gun! Oh, wow! What a good, what a wow! You made me cry! Wow! That's that was that's not me. That's Sam. That's Sam, like just being fantastic. You know, we had that moment. He's in our amazing, and it was not nearly as cool as what they did. You know, we had it in there, and then uh, uh, they they just made everything. You know, yeah, one of the things where it's. You're more or less giving suggestions. This is how sure. I think this is yes, a of way course. it could be done. You know, right? Not trying to, you know, and but most of most of the time they they take your impressions on and they continue on because there's so many other yeah. things to look at that they, they they need to move from that section on. And if they trust you, they're really going to take those impressions and keep on going with it. Yeah, I'm I'm as a fight coordinator. I I feel like sometimes uh, people sort of uh, sort of misrepresent what what pre-visualization you know, is supposed to be. For me, right. I, I put a little bit of myself in, in there, like cinematically, you know, me as a director, me as like a, an action designer. For the most part, besides the choreography, I'm, I'm leaving it fairly blank. You know, I want to keep it somewhat neutral so that way you know, the director, the, the, the DP, you know, like everyone can kind of get their hands on it and be like, okay, well, what about this? What about this? I, I would do it like this. You know, and if I enforce too much of myself into something, I'm, I'm kind of robbing the movie of the, the thing that makes every movie great, which is, you know, the collaborative aspect. I'm not a cinematographer by any stretch of the, the imagination. You know, I, I can like basic stuff, but there's a DP on this for a reason. You know, Tom Siegel, who, who did the, you know, uh, cinematography for that movie is fantastic. You know, it's like, you know, watching his previous works and you're like, okay, this guy clearly is the dude that you need to just leave everything to him <laughs> in terms of right. how to design these shots. I can give suggestions, but ultimately everything is going to be stronger, you know, with all of their, their feedback, like, you know, ushering it forward. And even with choreography, if, if Chris Hemsworth has an idea, you know, you're not, you know, don't ever shoot that down. He's going to know what speaks to his character, what speaks to that moment, you know, as well as, you know, what, what Sam or, you know, the stunt coordinator, you know, like Daniel would, would put in and, at the end result of that, you get something like, you know, what extraction is, is everyone being willing to function as a team and just be open-minded. And you get a really cool movie with some of the most I think, mind-blowing action that I've seen in a long time. Nice. You, you have a, you have F9 coming up very soon. You've got a lot of films coming up very soon. Is there a particular project right now that you're looking forward to seeing or, or doing in your life? 
Um, so, I'm so sorry. My roommate actually came in and he needed to grab my, my keys for a second. I'm sorry. Can, can you repeat just the last part of that? I sure. You, you, you're working on F9 and you're working on Samaritan, which are, some of them are, are both done. But, but what, what are you looking forward to in the future in, in film? Yeah, that's a great question. For, for me, um, what my path is, the, the thing that I love about stunts is that I, I feel like you can have a fairly linear progression if you know how to play your cards right and if you work really hard at it. And, um, you know, when I got into this, I originally, you know, had, had come from like an acting standpoint. What I loved about stunts brought me over as a stunt performer. And then, you know, I, I always wanted to, to sort of tell stories is the biggest thing. So, Moving forward as a, a like you know performer to a, a assistant fight coordinator to a, a fight coordinator, at some point I want to be a stunt coordinator. You know I want to move into that spot of really being yeah. able to, you know, run the stuff on set, make sure everyone's safe, and then create some of these mind blowing sequences. You know the stuff that you know guys like JJ Perry, guys like Justin Yu, or you know guys like uh, um, you know like Dan Stevens for Extraction. You know they're making really incredible things that you know I've always loved. I've always loved watching action scenes. You know, right. at that point in time, I think that's the bridge to, you know, you become a second unit director, then someday, you know, once you're in the DGA, you become the main unit director. And at that point, you're able to tell stories, you know, kind of on your own terms and, um, you know, all that jazz. That's for me, you know, like we all make like short films, we all make our little like practice fights. And that's a, a, an aspect of, of storytelling that I, I don't want to leave behind. I think that's something I want to do until, you know, <laughs> until, the, until the day that I become dust, you know, hopefully uh, <laughs> keep kind of staying in the cinematic world and, and reaching out to people through these kinds of cool action stories, you know, someone right. like Sam Hargrave is, is a massive inspiration to me, the same way that, you know, Ch- you know, Chad, at least like all these guys are, are yeah. incredible inspirations because they're doing yeah. the things that, you know, before you used to say like, well, you can't be a stuntman and an actor, you're one or the other. And, you know, here we are, you know, so many years later where stunt performers, that, that's up baloney. Yeah. Storytellers. And that's, yeah. that's something that I really, really love having come from, you know, first from an acting standpoint and being in the theater and, you know, again, watching my friend make me cry in a fake room. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can't wait to watch your future. You know, you, you are an incredible human being. Can you hear me? <laughs> he just, just dropped his phone down the river. Being a main unit director following the footsteps of all these these guys that have given me these opportunities so far. What happened to your phone? Your phone sounded like it went down a river right now. Oh, man, that, <laughs> could, be, uh, that could be just my AirPods here. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I can hear you. I can hear you fine. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, there is no doubt in my mind that you're going to be an amazing, amazing person in whatever you go towards i mean you're you're an, you're an incredible human being and to listen to you talk and, you, and your your articulation and your understanding of the field and your appreciation of the people that came before you it really makes sense to why people want to work with you let me ask you a question why why is it that people want to spend 12 14 16 18 hours a day with you can, can you give me a simple answer Oh, I mean, I, I, it, it, it's super funny. I would feel like most people probably don't. I think after about the four minutes. They obviously I, do. I can't stand you anymore. But uh, um, I didn't, you know what, that's a, that's a great question. I don't even know why anyone spends time around anybody, you know, from like my perspective. You know, again, like being a, a somewhat of an introverted, you know, shy guy growing up, I'm, I'm always really grateful for when those 
people come along who are willing to be, you know, they're willing to tolerate me for a certain amount of time. Um, yeah. But I think it's because ultimately it's, I would say it's probably the same reason that I love staying around these people for that long, you know, myself is that, you know, it's a collaborative effort, especially when you come to like film or theater or any, you know, television, any of those things, you know, you're, you're giving just as much as you're receiving. It's a big constant feedback loop. And the more that I can, you know, uh, get from these people, the more I feel like I have to give something back, you know, I'll always right. be indebted to, you know, and they, they would say, you know, guys like Steve Brown or Manny Manzanares or like Vlad Rimberg or like him, like all these guys who from the very like early days, you know, and, and even the guys that I know now, JJ and Justin, you know, they would say, Oh, you know, we're, we, we don't expect anything back from you. You know, we don't, we don't ever hold that over you. You know, we're not, you know, you're not in debt to us. For me, right. I'm just very, very grateful. Like I wouldn't be where I am without all these other people helping me up. You know, again, when, when you're looking at dark times and you overcome them, it's that other people have been there to kind of help you through it. And right. for me, if I can give back in that sort of way, you know, to those people and like help, help nurture people and help support them and, and help them achieve, you know, what they want to do, then all I'm doing is sort of balancing the scales in my opinion. And if, right. uh, if that's what people, you know, uh, lend me their time for, then, you know, I, I, hopefully we all profit and we're all, all grateful for it. Then we all get to, you know, make money and have uh, fun and, you know, be able to be storytellers uh, together. Well, you, would you say that your parents are proud of you with, with your accomplishments right now? <laughs> my, my parents are absolutely amazed every time that some of these things happen. I, I sometimes will forget to tell them about stuff and they'll just, you know, Kind of, they'll find out through other relatives. They'll be like, "Hey, what do you think? You know, <laughs> your thing. Like, what? He did what? He was on this show. What? You know?" And, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot what we were talking about." You know, I a lot of times I early on I would tell them all about the things that I was doing, and and nowadays, you know, the, the thing that I talk to them about is, "Well, how are the dogs doing?" You know, uh, they go to the vet finally. You know, or, you know, it's like, "Hey, you know, I got you guys a, a gift card for like Red Robin. You guys use it yet? They have a new burger there. You know, it's just." <laughs> Nowadays, what we talk about is just all the, you know, all the, all the standard things, you know, because the basic things, you know, yeah. And it's not like they, they knew me before I was involved in film. They'll know me, you know, right. if I'm, I'm not involved in film. And, you know, that's the great thing about really good parents is that they, they love you for who you are. Right. Hopefully, as a, as a, a good son, I can like love them back for whoever they are and whatever they do. And, you know, that's, that's just the reason my family is so important in general, you know, especially in a time like, this is you know you realize like you can strip away a lot of the things that you do outside the house and boil it down to like really basic things and and for me a lot of that is just you know knowing that you still have people in your corner you know and being there for other people and your family will always be that rock for you you know well hearing hearing about your life story being adopted being in a state that didn't necessarily necessarily have people that looked or were like you Growing up with a certain amount of insecurity, growing into security and what have you through the martial arts and what have you, what would you say to a person who is growing from that same situation and wants to be in the same field as you? Yeah, that's a that's a great one. You know, I would say um, that nothing, everything seems big when you look at it from the inside, and if you take a step back, things are much simpler, much smaller. You know, I, I sometimes felt like, you know, when I was uh, uh, moving through the industry, especially like, you know, just even moving back out to Southern California or things like that. Um, a lot of times you get very depressed and you, know, you feel like you're not doing the right thing and you question yourself. 
And it's a lot of it is because we're just like, well, I haven't done this by now, or I haven't done that by now, or you know, whatever. These things are so crushing and so big. But right. in reality, it's, it's you know, are you drowning at the bottom of a lake? You know, do you have like a bullet wound in you? You know, do you have, you know, some kind of like horrible disease? It's like for a lot of things, you know, if you're not dealing with those issues, first of all, if that's the thing, if you got a bullet wound in you, go, please go to the doctor right now, call nine one one. You know, but, <laughs> but if, you know, if if you don't have those things, then a, a lot of problems I think we we tend to magnify. Um, right. At least I know that I I did. And while things aren't to be taken lightly. We should always step back, look at it from the outside and say, like, how big of a, of a problem is this? And can I break it down into smaller steps? You know, I, I, what I love about stunts is that there is a very linear progression in a lot of ways. You know, it's like cause and effect. If I go to hustle, I will increase my chances of working, you know, which will increase my chances of making money, which will increase my chances of, like, meeting more stunt people, you know, that I can hustle and stuff when I'm not having to worry about working at my, you know, nine-to-five day job. And, you know, for someone who's trying to make it in, in TV or film and – you know, just have a professional living, then yeah, it's, it's, that's what it takes is breaking it down into tinier steps. You know, if, right. if I can look at my day and, and set myself to accomplish one or two tiny things, you know, it's like, it's the same as with martial arts. I'm not going to try and get my black belt in the first day. I'm not even going to try mm-hmm. and get my yellow belt in the first day. I'm going right. to try and take this one move, make it a little less crappy. And if I do that every day for the next month or so, there's a good chance that I'm going to have it you know, down well enough that I can get a yellow belt by the end of like, you know, two or three months or something, you know, depending right. on, on you know, how much work I put into it. And that progression should sort of be what we always look at, I think. Um, because when I look at where I came from, it was always little steps here and there. I don't think any, any one of us were like an overnight success. And even when we feel like we were, it's, it's because secretly we were doing a million other little things leading up to that point. Um, and, and I don't think it's that different from most people personally i could be completely wrong because you know again i can only speak to my own experience but the times when i've succeeded the most were when you know i was able to step back break things down into small steps progress little by little and have friends and family to reassure me that like hey you're doing the right thing you're not on you're not you know you're not winning an academy award yet that's okay (laughs) just go to acting class and you'll you'll become a better actor and you're one step closer to it than you were before but the big fear is is not making any steps at all because well it's so far away you know what do i do right. i i'm just going to sit here and you know eat this cheeseburger or or, or uh you know i'm going to play video games for 8 hours in a row or, or whatever you know it's it's just right. like anything cleaning your room doing the dishes it's just start with one start with that one fork clean it off look you're look where you are you're already so much closer and if you keep doing that guess what'll happen you're you're going to end up with a spotless sink in a in, you know in no time but you know right. it takes that Take that patience. It takes uh, just putting your nose in, into the uh, into the pace and just you know making it happen little by little. Nice. You know, look at looking at your family, your your, your father, and, and thank you for telling us about your mother and what have you. What what is it about you that worked so hard that that overcame these things? There's obviously an element about you that overcame these qualities because there's something within you that was able to overcome those, those um, adversities. What do, you, what do you think those things are? Yeah, like, you know, I think perseverance is the, the biggest attribute that almost anyone can have when they're trying to reach for a goal, right? And, right. you know, if, if, if there's one thing that I can observe in a lot of people, it's either the lack of perseverance or, or a steadfast perseverance. And it's so much simpler, I think, than we give it credit sometimes i think we can right. we can complicate things something with for instance my, you know my, my mom had a very clear 
you know, a, a psycho, you know, psychological diagnosis. And, you know, she had an illness that she, she just went and worked at little by little every day. And, and that's something that's, you know, in my mind, it would seem insurmountable. You know, if I were to have something like that, I don't know that I would be able to do what she did, which is just keep going right. after it and attacking it because it's, it's not easy. It's very hard, very painful, you know, and, it, and yeah. You know, yeah, I'm sure she questioned all the time, like, you know, is this going to end? Is it only going to get worse? You right. know, and, you know, believing that if, if uh, you know, you have a bad day that it's, well, okay, but where am I in the scale of progression? You know, did this send me all the way back? Or is it still, even though I had a bad day, a little better than it was, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? You know, you, you see someone who the perseverance in a very simple way eventually pays out. You know, it's putting a penny right. in a jar. Every day, right. and then eventually knowing that, like, yeah, it, it turns into a dollar. Just, just you know, take my word for it. I've seen it happen. You know, I saw right. her overcome a lot of things with a, a very detrimental starting point. You know, like she started from a very bad position and turned a lot of stuff around. That right. to me is incredible. And if if I'm trying to you know become someone who works in film and TV, I think a lot of people think that's fairly incredible. Like the progress that I've made. I know my my girlfriend, a lot of my close friends have seen that in the last six, seven years or so, and, you know, oh, your, your life is completely different now, you know, even though I'm in the same apartment, <laughs> largely with the same car, you know, things like that. But, you know, in terms of, like, progression and making something, you know, you know, out of yourself and accomplishing goals, I feel like that's so little in comparison to what my mother did in terms of, you know, overcoming a mental illness. Um, right. You know, there are people with, like, right. very, very much, much bigger issues than what, you know, I'm dealing with, which is just, oh, how do I get a new gig? Right. You know, right. No one's going to live or die by the fact that I'm doing this, you know, or whatever. It's, you know, people will say the storytelling is important and it's wonderful. And I'll, I I do believe that at the same time, it's not as important as putting food on the table, clothes on your back, you know, know, hugging your loved ones at the end of the day, you know, and if you can do something that really makes that, you know, uh, um, pay out and you do it step by step, you know, those are the real struggles that are really important. And, you know, I saw my mom do that. You know, I saw her right. uh, have that perseverance. And if anything, that's, that's fed me all the way through martial arts, through acting, through stunts. You know, you have to, you have to keep pressing forward. You know, my father was the same way because he, he stood by her the entire time. You know, he, he's right. never turned his back on her, even in the darkest times. And, yeah, I, I know that life could not have been easy for either of them, you know, especially trying right. to raise a kid, <laughs> you know, like being ported <laughs> around the country a whole bunch uh, of times. But the fact that both of them did their best and they never really looked back on it, even though they may have had, you know, difficulties or, you know, even had doubts, you know, I don't want to speak for them or misrepresent their emotions or their, their thoughts on it. But from my perspective, all I saw were two people trying their best day in, day out, no matter what happened, good or bad. And that, that ultimately just, you know, it's going to get you through. That's the way I I, I see it. And that's, you know, the kind of model that I've tried to emulate for the longest time. You're speaking truth to power. You know, last thing, quickly, before we have to go, at the end of extraction, alive or dead? <laughs> I, oh, man, I don't, I, I really don't know. I Come on, man. Come I, on, man. I think, quickly, quickly. I, yeah, I don't, I think he's dead. I think that's, I think that whole scene is set up Screw to make you. this personal I think that's Ovi's mind keeping him in his head the same way that we saw all those blurry images of, of Rake's son in his flashback. Yeah. I think Ovi's going to carry that memory, that ghost with him everywhere, you know, which is why they have the coming out of a right. wall thing. 
but right. even though he's able to to not I know he I know he was originally written as dead. I understand dead. that. But but I, there's no way there's no way I'm living my life thinking he's dead. There's no way. I don't want to live my life thinking that. <laughs> I I'm you know, I'm I'm biased cuz I remember shooting the previews and being like, well, he got shot in the chest several times and in the neck and then fell And then in the, the neck, next to the jugular by yeah. the way. So he's he's in, a dead a man. Very, yeah, in in a river that's probably not the most sanitary thing to fall into yes. with an open escaping wound. <laughs> yeah, I know. He probably did not live, but that's you know, it, hey, if if the extraction two is a sequel, hey, he's alive. I changed all my opinions, and uh, uh, yeah, I want to see what happens with that <laughs> oh guy. My. But even 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 if they do a prequel, I mean, they might do a prequel. You know, uh, a, a lot of his uh, his other stories and what have you. You know, I'll be fine with that as well. But you know, that that story made me cry and. and uh, you know, I, I'm not afraid of saying that at all. And uh, oh, it's I, a wonderful I, I, it's a piece of art as an action it, it, film. Even it's such a great piece of film art. It's so wonderful. It is wonderful. It is so. I'm going to watch it again today for my birthday. It's so. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so wonderful. I, I love Chris Hemsworth. I love what he did. I, I love what the team did. I love the screenplay. I love the action. Uh, it was a brilliant film, and uh, like I said, it it, it really uh, it really made me feel. It made me go like you know, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was watching Toy Story four the other night with my girlfriend. I said the same thing, and she was like, "What? You weren't even talking." <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. That's again, that's why I got into it was to to be able to hit those moments. You know, I was thinking of my right. friend in that little theater back in uh, Fairborn, Ohio. Uh, yeah. making me cry in front of everybody when I told everybody at the time, like, no, I'm a tough little kid. I can't, I'm not, never, I never cry. Right. Calling. And it was, it was, it was yeah. just a, a really wonderful, wonderful thing to have happen. And I think that's, uh, that's what you want. You want to be able to be touched in that way, you know, like just to, yeah. you know, those are the things that make us human. That's what uh, we should all be sort of celebrating whenever we get the chance. Well, just because you cry doesn't mean you can't kick people's butts. You know, I mean, cry, <laughs> crying, crying shows that you're human. It shows that you have empathy and sympathy. It shows that you have feelings for things. I, I remember the, the, you know, just to make this short before we have to go, but I remember the first anti-rape situation I was in where I, I had to fight oh, two guys who were trying to rape a woman. I, I, felt, wow. I felt sorrow and sadness knowing that most likely one of these guys are going to die. And I'm going to have to kill you know, somebody's child based upon an experience that they're having right now. And it was a, a very sad situation. <laughs> it was, it was in Burbank. It was, it was at, it was at uh, BJ's wow. over there on, on first street. And, you know, it made me very sad and there's nothing wrong with that as a, as a warrior, as people to feel sadness and sorrow and to cry. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And a lot of your films are very impactful you're, you're, you yourself also are a very impactful human being. You're very articulate. Oh. <laughs> you, you say the things you need to say. You're, you're, you're gracious about, about the work that you work on. You're very kind about the way you talk about your family. Uh, you were the perfect guest to have today, the day before my birthday. You were the greatest birthday gift I've had so far. And, and I, <laughs> I, I, I really greatly appreciate you being on today because you, you made me happy. You made me think about things oh. that I haven't thought about in a long time. You made me talk about films that I haven't talked about in a long time. And you're extremely articulate. And you know what you're talking about. And I, I appreciate you spending time with us. 
I mean, I really appreciate that. That's so sweet of you and so kind of you. And definitely it's a, a pleasure and an honor to be the guy that uh, gets to send you on the way to your birthday, man. That's, that's awesome. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. I'm going to give you a clap. I'm going to give you a clap track out, but you know, yeah. we, 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 <laughs> we, 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 as, as a family out here on the show, we can't wait to see what you do in the future. We can't wait to see your future accomplishments. And we, and we hope to, we hope to God that you'll come back and visit us sometime in the future. Uh, it, it would, it would be my honor. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're a great guy, man. You're a great guy, and you've <laughs> earned everything that, that, that you've gotten and that has come in your way. You're, you're truly a great guy, and I, I hope you know that. I hope you, you spend your day understanding that. I'm sure your girlfriend tells you all the time how great of a guy you are, but uh, you know, coming from an outsider that's blew out of the sky, I, ho- I hope you know that. You're a great guy, and uh, we appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you, brother. I, I really, really do. Thank you so much for all the kind words. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, hopefully we get the chance to hang out and talk about the next cool thing. Extraction 2, Electric Boogaloo. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. Here's your clap track, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Have a blessed day, my friend. Take care of your family. You too. Stay safe out there, sir. What an incredible human being. I couldn't have asked for a better person to be on the show a day before my birthday. A great birthday gift was he. Articulate, kind, spoke about the things that meant a lot to him, spoke about his family, spoke about his mother in clear and distinct matters. He was honest incredibly honest. He made us all feel something new or maybe something old. But how we should be, how we are, how we want to be. I know why people want to spend 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day with him. He's a great guy, man. And I'm talking about the classic great guys. He's funny. He's affable. He's got a sense of humor. He knows his game. He knows his play. He knows what's going on. And he's great at it. There's no doubt in my mind why people love him. Why people care about him. Why his family loves and cares about him. how articulate he is, how clear he is on his journey. We can't wait to see what comes from him next. We only know it's going to be something great, something amazing, something fantastic. Because he is something amazing and something fantastic. We were blessed to have him on our show today. Truly blessed. What a great guest. The time flew by so fast. Smart, kind, generous, beloved by all. 
Michael Lur, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence. Thank you so much for giving us your time. We appreciate and we love you. And we can't wait to have you on our show again. Sometime in the future, when we see 15 other credits come up in like 10 minutes, because you just work so hard and so well. And I want you to remember, my friend, the reason why people love you is because of you. It's because of you. You're a good person. You're kind and you're generous. Who could ask for anything more? And to you, my audience, thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, as we're in lockdown, we can only get through this together. As a family, as a group, as Americans. Love one another. This is a time of introspection. Look deep within yourself and change. If you're bad, be good. If you're good, be better. Read that book, write that book. Make that movie, write that movie. Come out of this a better person. Love one another. Care for one another. Keep your social distance so we don't have to go through this again. There's no reason to fight. We love each other. Take care of one another. I have no doubt we're going to get through this together. And I have no doubt that Michael Lur is going to have a brilliant career. Brilliant. Brilliant. And to all of you, please. Introspection. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. That'll give you a chance to love the other person. The only way to love other people is to love yourself. This has been Cinema Files Radio. My name is Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be well. God bless you.